Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. is the Mike Heller Show. Call the show at 877-729-1070. Send a tweet at Mike Heller Show. Now, alongside John Audius, here's Mike Heller. So this sort of works for me. What the? What are you laughing at? Myself. Sorry. Go ahead. This sort of works for me. What the NFL is looking to do. I, I think here. Here I'm going to give you the contrarian view, and then this is a little bit of I'm involved in this a little bit. I'm on the fence. Owen Murphy always told me straddle on the fence, dude. Chain link fence. Terry cloth shorts. Not a good position to be in. Here's the view on this. One of the reasons I think the National Football League is so incredibly popular is that its season leaves you wanting for more. Not actually getting more. Now that second piece of dessert really looks good. The, you know, that I mean the the apple pie a la mode the first time around. Wow, that was good. I want more. You should walk away wanting more, not going to have more. And I think it's one of the great things that the NFL has done. It has left you, other than Cleveland, Cincinnati at times, um, Arizona. Yeah, there are cities that don't want more. Detroit. Sometimes Minnesota, which is not a city, John. That's a state. Uh, But the NFL has done a great job of leaving you wanting more. So what are they doing now? They're going to give you more. Even though you wanted it, is it better? Players don't really want it. They, the only reason they're going to say yes is because it's all about greed. This is about money. Here's the part of it that works, and this is the part that I'm straddling the fence on. I got my eyes closed on this. Is that you're going to shorten the exhibition season to three games. Okay, that's good. That's, in fact, that's great. But it doesn't leave me wanting for a 17th game. It didn't leave me wanting for 14 teams in a playoffs. That's not been my... I, I Listen, I love what you've got already. I think the playoffs, again, less is more. You're going to essentially put half the league in. You're going to go to 14 teams. 14 out of 32 are going to make the postseason. That means you're going to see more bad teams in the postseason. I don't know that I wanted that. I don't know that I want a 17th week. I think what we had is pretty good. I would have taken the exhibition season down a game. I would have taken it down two games. And then I don't know that I would have changed from 16. Okay, but if you do, all right. So 17, uh, all right, whatever. 
what's your starting week? You know, because this is the other thing, and this is the minutia of the negotiations, but I don't know when they're going to start. Are you starting? Because if you look at the calendar, and I am going to open my calendar, right? If you look at the calendar, the NFL started late, right? They start um, well after, I mean, I I think a lot of us wish, why, why aren't they starting on September 6th? Instead, they're starting on September 13th. Mm-hmm. So does this then move it up so you can start on the 6th? What was last year's starting last year's starting date for the NFL um, was? September like 8th or something? September the 8th. I think the uh, opening game was on the 5th. On oh, the Thursday? Sure. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know how they're going to do some of that, but... Are, were we were you Jones in for a fourteenth, a thirteenth, and a fourteenth team to make the postseason? I, I don't know that I was. This is again, it's a money grab. I want after I've had you know some of my favorite lasagnas, Gino's lasagna. You ever get that from the deli at Gino's and you take it home and and throw it in the oven? I love their lasagna. Love it is. It. it makes me never want to make lasagna at home. The best. Because why would I do that? I know. Gino's lasagna is fantastic. And I have a big piece. Yep. And then I want more. And then when I have more, after I've had more, I go, oh, I shouldn't have had more. <laughs> that That's a little bit of how I'm looking at, at the NFL as they go to 17 games. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, there's a lot of bad teams out there that after week 11, they don't care anymore. And now you got six weeks that I don't care anymore. So I don't know if this is good. I understand it. I don't know if I like it. I don't know if I love it. I don't know if I hate it. I don't know if I don't care. I'm a little all over the map on this one. And listen, anytime things are done, we've had this discussion, John. If you're wondering, well, why are they doing this? What's the answer? Uh, it's money. Hey, fellas, what's up? The, so I'm, I'm kind of like you on this, Mike, but all right. So in Major League Baseball, if they added two more teams, I get it, right? I mean, there was a 93-win team that didn't make the playoffs. Cleveland Indians didn't make the playoffs last season. They won 93 times. I think the Mets would have been another one in the NL with 86 wins or something like that. If you do that in the National Football League, you are going to get some eight and eight teams, right? You're going to get some nine and nine and seven, which is, I guess, fine because we've seen nine and seven teams. But there's going to be more bad teams. It's going to increase the risk of one of these bad teams. We're going to say I'm going to say bad teams for lack of a better term right now, beating a number two seed, right, and knocking them out. And you might say, well, that's good. Well, sure, it is, I guess, unless it's your number two seeded team. They got beat by the eight and eight Bears, or whatever. Um, see, I use the Bears as a 500 team. I do. I like that. And um, I'm also afraid with the 17th game, it's good and bad, right? Because it's good because you get more teams competing. You get more weeks of football that could mean more. But then you also get more weeks of football that mean less. You, you know, know, like in Major League Baseball, um, you're not mathematically eliminated for a long time because there's so many games. Yeah, but there's a lot of trash games for the trash teams. Yeah, it's you're gonna get a, more trash games. Let's because uh, so we go apples to apples here. If you just took last year's NFL season, Pittsburgh gets in in the AFC. They were eight and eight. They would have been the seventh team in from the AFC. The eight and eight Pittsburgh Steelers. Thank you. Get in. Told you they'd be if eight, you, eight teams. If you go to the NFC, the next team in 
is uh, I'm doing this on the fly, but if I think it's the LA Rams, they were nine and seven and did not make the playoffs. So the Rams and Steelers both get in. They were eight and eight and nine and seven. Those are the two extra teams that get in. Again, I were have we been there are two things that have happened in, in pro sports in the last two weeks that I'm going, was there a real big call for this? Was there a big um, pounding the table, marching down to the Capitol, uh, a, a big sit-in where people are going, we need this, we want this? Major League Baseball, going to more teams in the playoffs? Um, and, you know, that playoff proposal, were we jonesing for a team to pick who they get to play? Were we jonesing to put half of Major League Baseball into the postseason? Was October baseball broken? The answer is no. Is January football broken? Again, the answer is no. And adding two more teams to the NFL playoffs doesn't make me go, oh my God, finally. This is, I have been waiting for this. I've been, listen, for 16 years I've been doing this show and I've been pounding the table that the NFL needs 14 teams. And No, I haven't. No, you haven't. I, I, I want to speak to you. I want to hear you. And I've not talked to anybody that said, hey, you know what's wrong with the NFL? They need more playoff teams. You know what's wrong with Major League Baseball? They need more October baseball, more playoff teams. You know what I've barked about in the playoffs? The best out of three instead of a single-game wildcard playoff? If they'd have just done that, I would have been happy. I don't need more teams in baseball's playoffs. I haven't been jonesing, pounding the table for 17 games. When Phil Dawson did the show with us. Never heard of him. Phil said more is better. More is always better. More is not always better. Check out the aftermath of the buffet line at Golden Corral. More is not always better. The guys that go back, and women, go back for second and third trays at the all-you-can-eat buffet, just go to a casino once, and watch the people that go back with the second and third tray. Tell me that's better. A little apples and oranges here. When's the last time you've been to a buffet, by the way? Well, uh, I went. I don't and, go. You don't want to know why? Because I don't that, eat that much right. food. <laughs> we we did it a couple of times. I did a golf trip a year ago. Right now, and we went to a, a, a casino in Phoenix, and two nights in a row, everybody wanted to go to the buffet. I'm going. I'm paying twenty six bucks for I'm the not getting my twenty six the bucks worth. There's no way I'm getting twenty six bucks no out of way. this. That's why I don't do it. Because they're a little spendy, and it's like I'm I'm losing money here, guys. I'm done with I my would play. Rather, I I'll would grab rather, a dessert. Sure. Okay, so here's the upside down uh, comparison. I would rather have gone to the steakhouse and spent sixty bucks and had steak and you know potatoes and a salad and whatever, as opposed to spending twenty six dollars to get average food in the buffet when a couple of guys I'm with are going back for second and thirds, and I'm not going back for second and thirds. Neither am I. So unless the buffet is like really cheap, but like, isn't isn't the like NFL isn't the NFL said, hey, this is an all you can eat now? I Sorry. know they've only added one game and two more playoff teams, but it feels like they've said, hey, if you want a second trip through the buffet line, we're giving it to you. What concerns me, and this is a little bit apples and oranges, but you gotta be careful of how Let's many our fruits, how many times you, or how many teams you keep adding, right? Because we all, what's the one sport where you say, well, they got way too many teams in the playoffs? It's the NBA, right? The answer is the NBA, Mike. Um, 
What was the question? What's the one sport we look at and go, they've got way too many teams in the playoffs? <laughs> well, both the NBA and the NHL put too many yeah, teams okay. in, but the I, NHL is really just a tournament and anybody yeah, can win just it. Tell me when the NHL starts and we can talk about the right. NHL. I'm talking more about the NBA right okay, now. Okay, good point. Um, Speaking of which, we should have Gary Shuchuk on the show <laughs> since the NHL is, you know, gets ready to begin in a few weeks. Yeah, it's gonna preseason's getting wrapped up now, I think. Um, so my point is, so you want to keep adding nine and seven and eight and eight teams to your playoffs because that's what you're going to get by adding one more on each conference. And pretty soon you're going to turn into the NBA with their 42, 41 and 41 team or their 43 and uh, 39 team, whatever that number is. Right. And and those teams are fine that they made the playoffs. And that's good for the fan base. But we've all been Bucks fans. We know what a 43 win team is. It's nothing. And most likely that eight and eight team is just, you just got there and then you go and you're probably going to lose by like two touchdowns. And then on top of that, there will be every once in a while where that team wins and then they ruin the season of a good team. Oh, I got a timeout for you. Why do we want that? Two years ago. To get crushed the next game. Two years ago, the Pittsburgh Steelers would have gotten in again (laughs) as the first team because they've missed the playoffs two years in a row. They'd have been in two years ago as well two as years? the seventh team. What would their record been? Uh, two years ago as the seventeenth team. Uh, no wait, no, they were uh, nine six and one. Didn't get in at nine six okay. and one. And also two years ago, your eight seven and one Minnesota Vikings would have been in the playoffs. Yeah. yeah, yippee. Change your mind? No, because I know what my expectations are. If my team has won eight or nine games, depending on how they get there, right? Right. Um, but most of the time, it's you're going to lose and it's going to be like, cool. And if you do pull the upset and you're eight and eight, and then you beat that 13 and whatever Dallas Cowboys team, I don't know, man. And maybe I'm comparing apples to oranges where, uh, that team in the NFL can actually make a run, but it's few and far between the year before that, the nine and seven Ravens would have made the postseason in the AFC and in the NFC. Uh, it would have either been Detroit <clears throat> I think it would have been Detroit at nine and seven. Nine and seven that year, I'm pretty sure, right? Yeah. <laughs> What's wrong with you? I just like to pretend uh, I know. Detroit what I'm talking at about. nine and seven, or Seattle at nine and seven. One of the two would have gotten in. Anyway, uh, again, have we all been pounding the table to say I want more teams in the playoffs? Have we been pounding the table saying, "Oh my God, if if the NFL would just have a 17th game," you know what we pound the table for is an expanded college football playoff. Instead of four, let's get to eight. Yeah, no one listens to us for that, do they? We pound a table on that. I pounded the table on a wild card. Maybe that's, I've got to give something to get something. We're banging the trash cans over here. Hey, I saw a what? trash can story. Oh. An update on the trash cans well, on the Astros. Well, we can't get to that next because next we're going to visit with Jesse Temple. No? Am I wrong? Okay. Or is he at the bottom? No, we can we can visit with him. Uh, you tell me. You don't know which one it is? I don't know. I bet Jesse's going to be surprised either time that we called him. Probably. Call him. Well, how about this? We can still talk to him. I can still tell you the story. Okay. Because there's an update. There's something new that you're going to hear and you're going to go, oh, geez. And I, I knew the story, but now I see somebody else has it. So I can tell you that Ted Gilmore is going to leave the University of Wisconsin football program as the wide receivers coach. He is taking a job at Michigan State. He's going to work for Mel Tucker at Michigan State. So um, Jeff Patrikas just had that at the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel on his Twitter account. Um, so that is uh, now out there. Uh, Ted Gilmore, wide receiver coach at Wisconsin, is leaving to take 
similar position for Mel Tucker at Michigan State. Jesse Temple will join us either next or next next, and John's going to tell us his trash can story. No, there's a new what? update on the Astros that you might hear and you go, oh, geez. Anything to do with a trash can? Yes. Okay, good. This is the Mike Heller Show. On 1070 The Game in your iHeartRadio. One of two things is obvious to Jesse Temple at TheAthletic.com. It's either obvious that Heller doesn't have a good memory because he doesn't know what time I'm on the show, or it's obvious that we're just playing a little roulette, and it's what's behind curtain number one, which is let's... With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill make a deal and we're just figuring out as we go so jesse temple's on the show even though we probably thought he was on in 10 minutes hi jesse how are you Uh oh there we go john john pushed a button hi jesse how are you hey i'm doing well mike how are you doing thanks john yeah what's up just pushing the button john he's he's so multitasking right now i'll just we'll leave him alone for a moment um Jesse Temple, the the news uh, is is out there now. Jeff Patrika squeezed it out just a little bit ago that uh, that Ted Gilmore is leaving the Wisconsin football program as wide receivers coach to take a job with Mel Tucker at Michigan State. I don't know if you saw it or knew it, um, so I hope I'm not surprising you totally. But uh, what do you make of that news? Uh, I've heard this as well in the last few minutes uh, and talked to someone. I haven't been able to confirm that. It's a little surprising to me, only in the sense uh, that uh, I wonder what role he would take if he went to Michigan State. I've actually been communicating with our Michigan State reporter, and he said the only spots left to fill on offense right now are running backs and tight ends. So I don't know, hypothetically, if there'd be a a spot to be the passing game coordinator or associate head coach. I'm not exactly sure, but it's certainly... Uh, if that does come to fruition, uh, a pretty big blow for Wisconsin and, and the staff just because Ted was an unbelievable coach here and an unbelievable recruiter. He found so many players, and we know what role he played in Quintez Cephas developing into the player he became, and he found Quintez as a diamond in the rough, and now he's leaving school a year early to pursue the NFL draft. So uh, they haven't had very much shakeup on the staff, and I think that'd be a pretty big one. 
Yeah, and that's something we've talked about at length uh, a number of times over the last couple of years, either on Badger Prime or on the show here, is that this program has done a very good job of keeping its staff together and without a whole lot of departures, defections, whatever you would want to phrase them as. Um, so this seems to be um, one of those. Where, you know, And listen, it happens in the college game. It just hasn't happened a lot here. Yeah, it, it really doesn't, and I think that speaks to what Wisconsin has built. But ultimately, assistant I say this all the time, assistant coaches don't stay assistants forever or at the same program forever. It's just very rare. You, you seek more opportunity. I do think there's something to be said for some job stability that you do have at Wisconsin, and that's a big reason you see coaches stick around, especially under Paul Christ. Uh, but again, you know, if Michigan State has a bigger pool of resources financially, that could be appealing. Um, it, I do think, again, it, it would be a little strange to go to another Big Ten school um, and, and have a, a similar type role, but at this point, don't know exactly what it would be. All right, so let's um, – is there fallout to that, Jesse, if indeed this ends up being the deal? Um, you know, listen, uh, you just talked about it, that Ted has done a fantastic job in being one of the recruiters that has done good work. Um, you know, it's uh, what would the fallout just and this is just speculation, just a guess. What potential fallout is there? And is there somebody that would be in line to make that move up the chart here as a wide receivers coach? Well, in terms of fallout from a recruiting perspective, I, I wouldn't really see much at this stage only because they've got everybody signed in the 2020 class. Right. They had three wide receivers in, in that group. And if you look ahead to 2021, they've got eight commitments, but at least at this point, none of them are uh, wide receivers. So you know, obviously any momentum that would have been gained with Ted having developed relationships with players, uh, that is where you could potentially see a step back. Uh, but I'm sure Paul will be able to, to find the right candidate. And, you know, if you're a head coach, you always have to anticipate things like this happening and have some type of shortlist. Uh, the timing is certainly less than ideal uh, with the coaching season and the carousel sort of finish for the most part and spring practice about to start. So it would be intriguing to see what Paul ultimately would decide to do. All right, so let's uh, let's uh, jump ship here and talk a little Badger basketball. Uh, unless you had your hand raised, John. I was, I was going to ask a basketball question. You go first. I got my follow-up. Okay, so from where they sit, they moved up another spot in the net ranking to 29, I believe, is, is the view I saw with them today. Um, so that's either a seven, the, the, the you know lower ledge of the seven seeds or uh, just uh, you know better half of the number eight seed line, depending on where they they are. I, let me just ask you about the view you have of what this team has done under the circumstances. Well, I, I think it's really been unbelievable, and to me, this is one of the better coaching jobs Greg Gard has done. Uh, the first on the list to me will always be his first season because of what he was able to do under difficult circumstances and essentially earning the job. Uh, but given everything they've been through, especially the last month, month and a half, too, on the court, they're playing good basketball. They've won three straight games. Uh, I think a lot of people may not have thought Wisconsin would be in this position, that they would finish the day on, on uh, Tuesday in a five-way tie for third place. Look, they haven't always been consistent. We know that. They made two out of 26 three-pointers in the game earlier this year against New Mexico, but what they do have is toughness and togetherness, and Greg spoke about that after the game. You Look at what happened at the end. They missed their last eight shots from the field, and yet were able to still get a win because they came up with five offensive rebounds, made all eight free throws at the end, and shot 95% from the line overall. So that can be a winning formula for Wisconsin. It's just going to take multiple players in the same game, and we are starting to see that. 
Yeah, and I was going to ask you too. Um, you know, we talked about it on Badger Prime on on Monday as well. Is that I think it's kind of a cool thing that the Badgers can turn to Davison or Aleem Ford last time, or Pritzel will hit some threes, or it'll be Demetri. Tr- like, there's a bunch of different ways the Badgers can win. And if you're a team facing Wisconsin, well, you never know exactly who might go off. I think that's probably a good thing, right? Or am I missing something? Well, I think it's a matter of perspective. Sometimes I think if you need that alpha dog to get you a bucket in the last second, this offense has been stagnant at times. And even down the stretch against Purdue, it was Demetri tries dribbling the shot clock down and taking a shot and uh, didn't go in. But I do think there's something to be said for having multiple weapons. And Matt Painter, the Purdue coach, talked about it after the game. Aline Ford went off. He had 19 points. He made five three-pointers. But he said that the challenge with Wisconsin is that they've got seven or eight guys that can make three-pointers. So we know that Brevin Pritzel can hit. Brad Davidson has made 11 of 16 three-pointers in his last two games. And I think Trice is starting to play some of his best basketball, too. He's got 35 assists in the last six games. And I haven't even mentioned Nate Reavers. has been the leading scorer all season. He's got double figures in scoring nine of the last ten games. So if these guys can collectively play that well together, I think they could potentially make some noise in March. All right, let me ask you this question, because you did mention, too, the previous answer to this one about how they closed out uh, the last game at the free throw line. Here's something I was thinking, and I don't know if you watched the NBA All-Star game, but we mentioned this briefly on yesterday's show. That game, the way they had to close out and Purdue would make a basket and then they followed, and you know, just like a standard, typical end of a college or pro game. What What are your thoughts on the Elam ending? Do you like the Elam ending? And um, I'm pounding the table in favor of at least more research, more I'm open looking to it. Yeah, into yeah, yeah, yeah. It. I am because what it would do in that game in particular, Jesse, instead of seeing which team can hit its free throws down the stretch and which team doesn't want to foul on a defensive stand against Purdue. Like, it would have two teams play basketball. And by the way, to back that up, you may have said it, I was doing another thing, but the Badgers' last basket happened with 539 to go in the game, and they hit their final 12 free throws. So inside of five and a half minutes, Wisconsin's only points, 12 of them at the free throw line, and the Elam ending takes that part of the game out. I like the Elam ending as a novelty. It's fun to see in the basketball tournament or in an all-star game. I just kind of have a hard time wrapping my mind around them making some drastic rule change at the Division One level or in the NBA. But that's taking out a huge part of the game. <laughs> and so it's fun, but no, I, I don't see that as an option moving forward. All right, you can watch your free yeah, throw contest say, at the end of the games. Do, in, yeah, go just ahead. let's I mean, have a free throw shooting contest. All right, whatever, Jesse. Um <laughs> Just kidding. We're joking. It's a joke. We're making jokes here. Jesse wasn't laughing. At least if he was, he was doing it very quietly. Um, So just a little addendum before we wrap here. Um, As I look at my Twitter feed, Jeff Patricus pulled that tweet back on Ted Gilmore leaving. So if that's just (laughs) waiting for full confirmation, a second source of confirmation, whatever that is, I still think that's happening. Um, But... Just to be on on the fair side of this, I attributed that attributed that to Jeff Patricus's tweet. He has pulled that tweet back. So, just to be fair on the Ted Gilmore storyline leaving for Michigan State, it's that we'll just leave it at that. That tweet's been pulled. So, whatever that means. All right, we fair on this. <laughs> so, we're live radio. What else are you going to do on that? Right. Um, Jesse, what are you working on? What can you plug that's happening at theathletic.com other than being mad at John and I for making fun of you? <laughs> I was laughing on the inside. Okay, good. All right, me. I like that inside Excellent. laugh. 
Uh, I've got a story running tomorrow where I take a look at Wisconsin's football schedule and examine the from the least interesting to the most interesting game on the schedule. I, I think this is going to be an absolutely fascinating season. You have an opportunity to go to Lambeau and Wrigley Field to watch Northwestern play and, and at Michigan. Uh, and then on Monday, I've got a feature running on Cam Large, who is a tight end from Connecticut. He's the top 30 tight end in the country. He signed in the 2020 class, and he picked the Badgers over his three other finalists, which were Alabama, Georgia, and Ohio State. He took official visits to all four schools last June, uh, and I think that says an awful lot about what Wisconsin has to offer. So I got some great quotes from him and his dad, and you can check that story out on Monday on The Athletic. Jesse, appreciate it very much. At least, uh, John, it, John feels better that you were laughing on the inside. So thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Jesse. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Jesse. Jesse Temple, TheAthletic.com. This is the most I've talked about the Elam ending ever. This week, well, because you know what, we I loved what it what we got out of it in the NBA All Star game, and I think that warrants a deeper look. It, you know, not to say, hey, this needs to be adopted soon. It's why I posed the question Monday: Do you think it has legs enough to be considered in the next decade? And what I'd like to see is for it to be used in the Vegas Summer League and in the G League for whatever period of time that is to give it some serious look. I liked it. All right, I've got my Astro story. There's an update to the Astro story that I think you'll probably be scratching your head when you hear this uh, little uh, tweet that came out. Yeah, that's right. In the last uh, few hours. Let's get after that. Uh, we'll do that. John's going to finally pay off that tease. My goodness. This is the Mike Heller Show. On 1070 The Game and your iHeartRadio app. You work it, no diggity. I thought to bag it up. Bag it up. I like the way you work it, no diggity. Twitter poll question of the day is now up and posted, and it is running hot right now. Running hot on the Twitter poll question brought to you by Reed Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Beaver Dam. You know what I do? I let their family take care of my family. You should let their family take care of your family. ReedChrysler.com. Our Twitter poll question is this, John. I will just read it verbatim. The hashtag NFL is looking to make changes, colon, three dash exhibition games. 17 dash regular season games, 14 dash playoff games, parentheses, adding two parentheses. What is your reaction to the proposed changes? Question mark, question mark. Our Twitter poll is brought to you by ReedChrysler.com at symbol Mike Heller Show. You went too technical with the uh, characters there. Oh, about reading it verbatim? Yeah. Um, so the NFL is making changes. Those they're gonna the proposal the proposal is to shorten the exhibition season to three games. Loud cheering, adding a 17th regular season game. It is uh, met with I think uh, middling response. 14 playoff teams. I think people are a little bit uh, divided on that. They add two. What's your reaction? Do you love it? Meh. I don't care. Or do you hate it? So love it. So this is, uh, what's the ice cream place? It's the uh, Cold Stone. Love Cold Stone. it. Got to have it. Yeah. Like it. Whatever those. Okay. So we have love it. 32% of the vote. Meh. I don't care. 45% of the vote. Hate it. 23% of the vote. You know what I get there on the 45% of the vote? This is meh. I don't care. There's not a clamoring, John, for the NFL to add this. So this is done only for their pocketbooks. And to increase the dollar value that they get. Now, let me ask you this. 
when you get that 17th game on that odd season, you got a ninth home game, season ticket holders in Green Bay, get ready because that will up your season ticket prices, not only per game, but also in that other year, you got another game that's on your season ticket inventory. And tell me how hard those tickets are to move when your team's not competitive late. Yeah, You're I mean, playing home games in December and you are a six and eight football team. You got two of your final three at home. Hello. I mean, that's the one thing I don't think we think about is that as much as for some teams, it's going to extend their postseason push. They'll be in it for an extra week, right? Like, hey, we got another week. We're still in mathematically. We're still in this thing. But there's going to be a lot other. The other half of the league yeah. basically is going to be Correct. like, well, we got another week to play, but we don't care because we've been out of it for two or three weeks. Yeah. You know? So that's the thing. Like, you give me the positive, but you you forget about there's going to be more crap games. So I don't I don't know. I voted. What was your options again? I voted for the love it. Meh. I don't care. Or I hate it. Meh. I don't care is what I voted for. Right. So because just, if they honestly, if, if they change, and let's say it goes next year, seventeen games three, are we going to like? That's that's it. It's happening. I mean, what else can we do except for just see how it works out? This I'm not going to be like pounding the this, table. This last year, when it's really all said and done, the Jets aren't in contention. Miami's not in, in contention. Cleveland's not in contention. Cincinnati's not in contention. Jacksonville's not in contention. Los Angeles Chargers. That's eight teams in the AFC that aren't in contention. And none of these teams in the NFC had a prayer, even with the extension of another team. The Giants were out. The Redskins were out. The Lions were out. Uh, Carolina Panthers were absolutely out. Arizona was absolutely out. You'd have gotten the Rams in at nine and seven, and, and maybe that part is good that you get a Rams team in at nine and seven. You definitely get more meaningful games that the TV networks can showcase and say the last playoff push for the Steelers or the Rams Sunday or whatever. But then you also get an extra game of all those other teams you mentioned, and it's like, hey, we got a. You need anybody want to watch this? Yeah. So in that final week, you'd have had uh, Arizona 5-10-1 and one playing another game. They weren't in anybody's no chance. Carolina was eliminated. Tampa Bay was eliminated. Atlanta was eliminated. Detroit was eliminated. The Redskins and Giants were eliminated. So yeah, the Cowboys would have had one more game for a chance to get in at 9-7. and seven. Just be careful of adding teams. That's all I say is because NBA, NHL, we all look at that and go, well, those eighth seats, NHL is different because the nature of the sport. Yeah. But we look at, for the most part, I'll stick with basketball. Well, those eighth seats really have no shot. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. No shot. Those seven seeds really have no shot. Those six seeds really have no shot. You look at college football bowl games. You win six games, you're in. 
right? You make their postseason, and you look at those bowl games, you go, oh, cool, seven and whatever, so-and-so is playing six win, who cares, Yeah. right? And so just be careful with the type of teams you add, because you would have gotten an eight and eight team last year. Now, you would have gotten a big name in Big Ben Roethlisberger and a big brand in the Steelers, but you still would have gotten an eight and eight team. And the Rams at nine and seven would have been in in the NFC, and they weren't. Right, so in the NFC you had the Rams. Well, we would have had an extra game too, so who knows? Maybe they would have been nine and eight. Well, maybe, maybe they don't. You know, I don't no, know. Yeah, I, that's okay. A, here's the yeah. other. Here's the baseball. Yeah, thing what is up to. with baseball? So I saw Josh from uh, Steve Zabin show. I follow him on Twitter. He doesn't follow me, uh, and uh, that was just a shot at him. Wow! And he had retweeted something from a baseball reporter, Red Sox beat writer, uh, that said Lucroy, you know, Jonathan Lucroy says fires Mike fires told him the, of the Astros scheme two years ago said A's called Major League Baseball and the league did nothing when he saw that Luke Roy, when he saw the athletic report in November thought quote oh boy so according to this Red Sox beat reporter this Astros thing that Mike fires we give him credit for for calling it out Luke Roy says the A's called Major League Baseball two years ago and said something's up with the Astros take a look at it and it wasn't until Fires went, because Fires, if I'm not mistaken, went to a publication, right? He told The Athletic, didn't he? That's where the story breaks. That's where the, then baseball picks it up. So the only way it got baseball out is because it, it got up, to yeah. the media. Right. Baseball, is, and that's what people were critical of Mike Fires. Why didn't he go up the chain? Why didn't he keep it in the family? Because Luke Croy did and nothing yeah, happened. No, no, no. Well, that's what, that's what I'm saying. But Fires did as well. Fires in his story talks about saying, you know, more on more than one occasion, Took it in house and got nothing. He got nothing. Listen, baseball turned. This is this is where people have a problem with the in family concept. Hey, this is a this is our issue. We'll work it out on our terms. This stays in house. This is a family issue. Don't talk to anybody else about what's going on in the family. That's that's the baseball people that are hot at Mike Fires. They're wrong. But that's the way the locker room works. That's the way baseball works. This is our issue. This is our dirty little secret. We'll clean it up in our own way, but leave everybody else out of it. This doesn't go public, and Fires went public because he tried to do it without going public, and baseball ignored it. Just like Jonathan Lucroy and the A's, apparently. Lucroy also tells the Boston Herald, he says, quote this, I knew about the Astro Science Stealing System two years ago and what was going on. I know it just recently came out, but everybody in baseball, especially that division that played against them, we were all aware of the Astros doing those things, and it was up to us to outsmart them, which is kind of hard when you have a computer program that breaks your signs. So, according to Lucroy, everybody knew about it. You know, now two, you two, three years later, yeah. we're all talking about it, and there's, you know, me, they're really me, going after the Astros real quick. But he's saying we were trying to combat that. So. I don't know how effective their sign stealing was, but it it still worked. Obviously, well, it, it's it was they had um, okay. So you know that there was a guy working in the New England Patriots equipment room called the Deflator. Oh, don't get me started. On you remember? Yeah. Remember the Deflator? He uh, never. They never really talked to him. They talked to him once, and then he was off limits. Never heard of that guy. I don't know since. if the guy still exists. I don't know what he's doing. Yeah. So the Houston Astros still have somebody in their under their employ whose name is Codebreaker. So they had guys in their baseball staff who were essentially Codebreakers. 
And as soon as they figured it out is when they would begin to relay information. That was their job, or part of their job was to be the code breakers. That's not easy to do. I mean, there are movies about this in wartime. There are whole departments devoted to breaking codes. Native Americans in World War II, right? What's the movie? There was a movie made of this. Would have been right up your alley. I'll look, Google, we'll Google, Google it. it. You figure we'll it Google out. Google it. And that's what the Astros did. So when, so when Jonathan Lucroy says we were trying to do that, by the way, Brett Anderson of the Brewers was with the A's. He said, yeah, our system in Oakland would have been when the sewer backs up, it's a curveball. When the lights go out, it's a fastball. <laughs> oh, jeez. Because they had no money. They weren't right. going to devote yeah. any money to it, and the stadium's so crappy. Yeah. Uh, Wordplay there. Um, so, yeah, uh, Houston just had guys devoted to it that got good at breaking the code of the signs. My goodness. Yeah, so that'll make you go, oh, geez, baseball was aware of it a long time ago. And like you said, Fires tried it and A's tried it apparently uh, to no avail. You did mention the deflator. I was listening to Steve Zabin this morning. He was bringing up his top five scandals of all time in sports. Right. And he put one in there. He put Deflategate in there at number two all time. Okay. And I was thinking, because we had talked about, we had mentioned Deflategate on the Rich Eisen show. And you were making fun of me uh, about it and how I, I don't think it's that big of a deal. Well, right. yeah, because the, because the, because and I I spent that, a lot of this uh, afternoon looking uh, this up. Uh, what? Did, well, because okay, so we can get the top five scandals in a second, but it, it made me because it made me look up more on Deflategate, and I don't understand what you don't understand. Wind, wind talkers, wind talkers. I have heard of that movie. Yeah, wind talkers. Thank you, Bob. Thanks, Bob. Hey, Bob. Bob. Um, and I don't get what you don't get about Deflategate. That science, like. I can't explain it well. You can go Google the articles, interpret it yourself. But scientists say when you bring footballs in from warm conditions to cold conditions, the pressure changes and they calculate the numbers and they put it on their computers and and, and then they give you the number that it should be at. And it was well within the range that the NFL found the footballs at. So I don't understand like why no, no one I, talks I, about science Well, here. because I got all that from Bill Nye, the science guy, when <laughs> Belichick did his press conference the week after it happened. Don't you remember that? He was talking about all the gas laws. And he is right, the ideal gas law. Yeah. He's so, right. Can I ask you a question? So are you of the mindset that the Patriots did or did not adjust ball pressure after they were inspected by the officials? Uh, Just answer the question. Don't um me. This is a yes or no question. Below the standard? Do you believe that the Patriots changed the the inflated pressure of the footballs after inspection by game officials? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know that answer. Yeah, okay. I do know that it's science... such a convenient little deal, isn't it? To say no, I don't know, and then you just cite science, but you're just <laughs> going to ignore the idea that the Patriots Mike, change the ball pressure after. No, 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 no. What a after scientist says after about they that are report. inspected. Are they off limits? I don't know how it works. Oh, see, you now you get to plead ignorance. It's so wrong. I hate that. I hate it with a passion. It's all within you, the scientific hey, boundaries. Just look at the signs. Did they change the pressure of the balls after they're inspected by officials? Oh, I don't know. Okay, let me ask you a different question. Does it matter if they did? We gotta take a break. Oh, there we go. Another more convenience. 
hate convenience. Well, I don't know. I don't understand this why This is the Mike Heller just show. Just don't look at the science on 1070 The Game. Send a tweet at Mike Heller Show. Now, alongside John Audius, here's Mike Heller. That was a very confrontational and heated commercial break. It's one of those times where if this were podcasted and we stayed live on the look-in during the commercial break, it would have been, ah, maybe it would have, people would have been, wait, what the is going, we did what? Wow. Crazy times. Uh, welcome in. This is the Mike Heller Show. I'm Mike. John Audius is here. Hey, John. Hey, fellas. What's up? Uh, oh, am I supposed no, no, to do no, what's trending? No, no, not yet. Not oh. yet. It's just me saying hi. No, I mean, um, you just put in deflate gate gas law in ideal gas law in uh, Google, and it's uh, MIT professor debunks deflate gate. I'm going to trust that guy. I'm going to trust that he knows something I don't know. Uh, you see uh, scientists debunk deflate gate. NFL has learned what the ideal gas law is. They should have known that before, you know. And it's just, it comes up with just all these results about how scientists have looked at that and says, well, actually this. And so if if we want to talk, we can have retro sport. I've always thought retro sports talk would be the bomb, you know. Um, I'd have to go look at the details of what the NFL says happened. Um, but I've always thought Deflategate was just overinflated the you know the whole importance of everything around it well and the science behind it yeah we did when we were talking about this last week with amon green he said if you have a a football that's less inflated uh you're gonna fumble less and and i and And, i yes and i get that and 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 when it's cold quarterback grips the ball better quarterbacks like it different like it differently like rogers said he would have it more inflated is better um but some Quarterbacks like less air pressure in the football. Right. And there's no doubt that and, and a, a professional would feel the difference, right? You and I probably wouldn't feel the difference because we're not around footballs all the time. Right. A professional quarterback would yeah. feel the difference. But once again, that doesn't. Oh, boy. We're, we're, well, I know. But it. if you handed. So if you handed but a non golfer a Pro V1 and a top flight, yes, they would tell, tell you the, the difference. difference. But my point is although, yes, that's true, all of that is true. What we clearly haven't defined is how air pressure and temperature factor into all of this because you are going to get a less deflated or a less inflated football by moving it from warm See, temperature to cold temperature and how that factors into everything that the NFL found. All right. So and my my argument has always been this is not this was never about science. Should it was, be. It shouldn't be. It it it, it, it shouldn't about? be. It should have been about if if the routine was that the bag of balls is inspected by officials, and between the time they're inspected and approved, and the time they get to the field, the quarterback has instructed the equipment staff to take 
PSI out of the footballs after they've been tested. That's the point. You want to make it about science. I want to make it about the chain of custody. If the footballs were tested and after they were tested by game officials were augmented again to meet the quarterback's desires, that's cheating. I don't care by whatever measure. And give me your ideal gas laws all the way to the bank. I don't care about the science if that was the procedure is to have them tested by officials, then augmented after by your own equipment personnel. Nicknamed the deflator at the quarterback's request. Because after that, John, to me, the science doesn't matter one iota. I'm going to start sending you stuff that will probably change your mind. Because you are under this, open your mind, be open to the idea that the NFL got this thing wrong from three or four or five. We're talking about this now. Just be open to that idea. Because I can give you some stuff that might make you say... Oh, so then they can still change the pressure of the ball between the time they're inspected and the time they go to the field at their own volition. They can do whatever they want at that point. Shout out to Jason on Twitter. Any idea where MIT is located, John? Hashtag bias. Good point. It is in Boston. I thought that was funny. But I mean, so you just throw out the idea that they would change. So you're saying that that penalty just doesn't exist because ideal gas laws and the science of it, it makes it not matter. Um, I think it, it it puts a whole wrench into what the NFL said. Yes, it's absolutely. Just, you it miss does. you miss a step, and I'm never going to understand this. So let's change the subject well, because I I'll to, never understand how you can ignore my question on that. Well, because I want to. Okay, if you if we want to talk about Deflategate, let me go home tonight and refresh my. I wasn't ready to this, talk about hey, Deflategate this, this today. Isn't, this isn't about. This is it about. Is. It's no, the no, timeline, no. and on. it's yes, it is. It has everything okay, to do if, with numbers. If, if my time, everything. No, it has nothing to do with numbers. It does. Okay, everything. This is this is why I want to change the subject because <laughs> you won't hear me on this. If the protocol says here, just hypothetically, the protocol says you've got ten baseball bats. And the umpires inspect them 30 minutes before game time. I know where you're going. And the umpires inspect them, and they give them their stamp of approval, seal them back up in a bag, and give them to the equipment guy, who then goes and, by whatever means necessary, corks them. But you say, hey, the science says corking doesn't matter. And that's true, too. Okay, so the science says corking doesn't matter. But the time that between the umpire's inspection and the time the game starts, those bats were corked. But you just answered this question. But you're is that you're breaking the whole point. Okay, no, here, here. Is that breaking the law? Sure. But that's And is that not a controversy? Is that not cheating? But you're assuming you're that that's that, what happened. But you're hap- saying the science no, Mike, you're, you're saying the science doesn't no, matter that mis- it, that the corks don't matter. It doesn't make a difference. Okay, so it's hold, not cheating. Forget about corks. You're saying that the footballs See, the NFL is saying that the footballs were deflated from what they were to what they measured them at. After inspection, that they were... And I'm saying that Again, you're going to make it about science. Yes, because it's everything about it. No, no, no. I'm asking asking a totally different Uh, question. You don't get it. No, I'm asking... I I have to do... I'm asking this question. No, no, hold on. This is on me. Let's move on. Let's just... Don't even explain it. Let's just go. Because, Let's go go to what's trending. Here's what's trending. Trending sports. I'll give you a chart. Okay, I'm not even going to let you do this. This is not about a chart, John. It's about a chain of custody question. You're so wrong. 
Why isn't this a chain of custody question? Because you're wrong about it. I, I'm wrong about the chain of custody? No, you're wrong about what it's about. Is it about the chain of custody? Um, uh, Kind of. Maybe. Maybe. You're just, you're missing, here. Here's what I'm going to do tonight. No, I, because I'm not going to, I'm not going to. You're gonna not going to re- read my email? No, I'm not going to read, you, I'm not going to read your science because you <laughs> won't answer my question about if the chain of custody violates the rules. But you're a- With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. I, you're assuming that what you think happened happened. I'm asking and you. Don't you don't know what happened. I'm, I'm asking you hypothetically if that did happen. Does that change your view, or are you still going to just rely on science? Uh, I, I might just rely on science. Okay. So, and if I told you <laughs> that between the time the balls were inspected by game officials and the time they went to the field, a deflator. Oh. All right, we got to stop. No, I mean. No, you're right. We do. You're not. Stop. So you. So you won't answer that question. That that would stop. be my whole issue with this. If you ask me your question unrelated to the chain of custody, I'll answer your science question. If you answer my question about chain of custody. The, um. Okay. Fine. Yes. Yes. Okay. I'll answer yes for the sake of moving this along yes okay okay um because what you're and not factoring what you're not factoring in stop the half time it's all about the half i measure them at the half of the afc championship game and the halftime numbers are in alignment with what should happen and so therefore you can reverse that and say well then they were at this number before so it didn't happen and it wasn't below the standard. So it didn't happen. I don't know what happened. I know, but that's the whole question. Is if it happened, even <laughs> if the numbers match your numbers, if it happened, the law has been broken. Oh my gosh. No? Nobody's putting corks in footballs, Mike. Says <laughs> Jason. Wisco Disco says, hey, 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 guys, 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 hey there. Who cares about Deflategate? I'm with you. Talk about the Brewers, Bucks, or Badgers. All right, we will. How about we talk about the Bucks and NBA best 46 and 8 visit Detroit so tonight? Frustrating. Before the uh, first game since the All Star break, Mike Budenholzer on getting the team back together after the break. Here we go. I think more energized and, you know, excited, even just to be back and see each other and, you know, give each other a hard time, all the, the stuff they enjoy doing. So. Um, I think there's a little pop, a little energy, and then I think that's pretty common. What was uh, Brooke Lu- Lopez? Lopez? What was Brooke Lopez doing uh, during his time away from basketball? Yeah, you know, I just didn't really do anything, which is pretty typical, normal me. So uh, I guess uh, I got my allotment of that, and now I'm back. I'm good to go. All right, how about that? Detroit has lost four straight. Uh, what is your biggest question? Surrounding the Bucks is the quote-unquote second half of the season. 
starts in the NBA? Um, I, I don't. I don't really have quite. My questions on the Bucks are related to the circled dates on the calendar. That's it. Um, I mean, I don't have a question about tonight. I'm not going to learn anything about the Bucks tonight. There are a ton of games that they're going to play um, that we're not going to learn a danged thing. I mean, that's just the nature of the NBA when it gets to this point in the season. They've played 54 times. They've got 28 to go. And in about 20 of those games, we won't won't learn a thing. They might, you know, I mean, from a Budenholzer perspective, because they're doing things that they need to do and working on things that they need to work on, and there are things that they need to be better at um, without question. But that's a coaching perspective. I've got games circled. And by the way, one of them Saturday against Philadelphia. So three nights from now, when the Sixers come to town at Fiserv, we're going to learn something. And next Tuesday in Toronto, we're going to learn something. I got those two games circled, but then I don't have another one circled until March the 6th. So two games out of the next eight I'm going to learn from. The other six, I'm you know just I'll entertain me a little bit and let me see what happens. Uh, let's see here. The Brewers officially signed Brock Holt. That's good. Meanwhile, manager Craig Council says outfielder Christian Yelich will not play the first week of spring games coming off a broken kneecap. So that's that's fine, right? Everything good there? Yeah, I don't think anything matters. I mean, Yelich had said in you know at the time when the World Series was getting underway that at that point he might have been able to play. So I'm not worried about that. They're just uh, It's a little bit more time to get you fully up to baseball speed. And it could also be just that little bit of a smoke screen that Yelich doesn't need to play a full spring training schedule, so we're just going to hold him out a little longer to start. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, let's see here. NFL owners meeting today to further discuss ongoing negotiations with the Players Union about a new CBA, pushing to expand the playoffs from 12 to 14 teams with the top team in each conference earning a first-round bye and then six games on the wildcard weekend. Um, the new playoff format, if it is ratified, could begin this coming season. They also want to increase the number of regular season games from 16 to 17 and move the preseason from four to three. That plan could not go into effect until 2021 at the earliest. Hmm. Yeah. That's some big changes. Well, and I have the Twitter poll question up that is in regards to that. The NFL looking to make those changes, three exhibition games, 17 regular season games, 14 playoff teams uh, up from 12. What's your reaction? Do you love it? Meh, I don't care. Or do you hate it? Uh, right now, 433 people have exited the voting booth. 38% say, eh, I don't care. 37%, almost 38%, almost the dead heat there, hate it. Ooh. Almost 38% hate it. I don't know if I hate it. And only 24, only one out of four love it. Hmm. That's It's really my question. What? Has there been a clamoring for this? We all know the decisions are made based on money grabs. They're almost always financial decisions, but usually they're they're tied to, hey, uh, this is going to be a boon. Like if you if you add from four playoff teams to eight in college football's playoff, it's a money grab. I mean, there's a, there's a okay. financial reason to yeah, do it, yeah, but yeah. there's also an appetite for it, a huge appetite for it. A Brett Beal. John, you why do you, it, why do you that, keep man? going there? Why do you do that? Knock it off. How dare you? I wish you would have gotten the Michigan State job. I really do. Um, all right. Uh, let's see here. Oh, um, and finally, how about we just go on fan, finally? Uh, I saw this on Twitter, and it made me um, kind of feel disappointed and old. 
Uh, Office Space, great movie from 1999. It was re- released February 19th, so that's yesterday, 1999. And I said, oh, I missed the 20th anniversary of that. That, that. that thing's 20 years old. And it started making me think of what's the list of movies where you're like, I can't believe that movie is this old. Like, do you know how old old school is? Oh. How's it? What does it feel like? Well, it feels like it's maybe 15 years. It's been 17 years since old school came out. Almost two flipping decades. Terminator 2. Like, I know that's old, right? Do you know how old it is? It's from 1991. Dang. That movie's going up on 30 years. And I still think of that movie as, that was a cool movie, right? Wasn't that, it's 30 years old. Yeah. I was watching, uh, you know, sometimes after um, there's nothing else to watch and I still can't fall asleep, uh, I was watching The Terminator last night. The original. The first one? That's even older. Yeah. What was that? Like, is that like- The first Terminator? What? Uh, Probably, I think it was, I think it was like mid-80s. Wow. Let's take a look at it. It is- Sandra Sandra Day O'Connor, right? That's the the character's name? (laughs) I don't think it's Sandra Day O'Connor. 1984. (laughs) 1984 was the original Terminator. Man, yeah. And then you, we, I, and then I start doing this thing like you and I did with 36 the 36 years ago. Come on, I start doing that thing like you and I did then with the 82 Brewers. So if you're thinking 36 years ago in 1984, that'd be the same as if in 1984 you were talking about a movie from 1948. Being like, man, that yeah. movie is great, wasn't it? Yeah. People be looking when you think of a movie from 1948. Right? No, it's crazy. It's crazy because you, you can only you grow, you grow up in your own um, centered world, you know. And, and if I'm thinking of something, you know, I, I look, you asked me last week about uh, John Travolta movies, and I came up with Grease, right? So what was Grease? 76? Is that what we figured out? I don't remember. So just think. I mean, 76. If if that's indeed the dealio, I mean, we're talking about. 44 years ago? Mm. Do it. So old. Do it when when I was 20 years old? That's talking about, a, again, that movie from 1950. Like, what? Like that, yeah. But we talk about this stuff. I don't know. I saw that. I was like, Office Space is like 21 years old? Jeez. Oh. Yeah. Uh, I got a good advice from a friend of mine. If you're watching Terminator <laughs> fall asleep, why don't you just... Pick up this new book that just came out. It's called Jaws. Maybe that'll help you go to sleep. <laughs> Good idea, John. Thank you. Um, and then, can I just answer this question from Marty? What's up? Marty says, hey, John, I think what you're trying to say to Heller is the measurement may indicate the chain of custody was never violated. I think. Dot, dot, dot. Uh, it's, I don't my, know. It's more my, probable my, than my, not. My, my I don't know. My point, Marty, is that the question is... I want to ask the chain of custody question, not if the science would prove that chain of custody was broken. I'm saying if it was the system in New England that that's what happened for home games, that the balls would be checked by officials and then stopped on their way to the field to change the PSI levels and then brought to the field. They'd be even lower. But damn it, John. I'm Even not asking. NFL. I'm not asking the science question. I'm asking, asking the hypothetical. If that's what happened, we here, we don't know. Even the NFL. You, I know, but here's but Mike. here's here. Let me let me finish the argument because you're arguing that science proves that it didn't happen. I'm asking, what if it? What if science can't prove that it didn't happen? And what if if the investigation actually found that it did happen? It didn't. Okay, so the, 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 so the, the whole NFL. the whole deflator was 
like created out of thin air? The NFL. What about the voicemails to the deflator? The NFL. It's because he was on a diet? The NFL even said it's more probable than not. They didn't even say it happened. They I said know, it's more probable than not. Right. And at I least think there's enough. Aware. I think there's enough circumstantial evidence that it did happen. Oh, but you you're think? gonna. But you're gonna have the science. That whole Wells just, was it the Wells report. You're gonna it's just have. Crap. You're gonna just have science say. Well, Mason. science proves that it didn't happen. So obviously it didn't. It's mostly even crap. though there there are investigators and eyewitness reports and camera angles and all of that that I just made a bunch of stuff up. This is the Mike Heller. Show. We need Boston Mike. Ten seven to the game. iHeartRadio. You're gonna hate me. Oh, uh, well, what do you mean, gonna? Even by more. the way, your um, your daughter came in. I bought a bunch of cookies from Aviana yesterday. Thank you. That's awesome. Yeah. You were gone. I had to go to the game. Um, Why is that weird? Can you not get to your little red wagon? They were pulling the cookies around in a plastic sled. Sled that is good on snow. Not so great on carpet. Oh, we have a wagon. It's just full of toys. Oh. And it's stuffed in the garage. Would have taken about. She's a very good salesperson. <laughs> really? What's she said? I bought ten boxes. Is that? I mean, that means she's a good salesperson. That's the biggest sale I think she's ever had in her whole history of being a sales uh, Girl Scout. Which led me to, uh, I think, uh, you know, like Armin and the guys from 97.3. I've heard of them. You haven't heard of that? Um, so, uh, Josh, co- on air, Josh doesn't follow you on the Twitter? No, he doesn't. Wow. I was thinking about unfollowing him. I would. But I know. I mean, I'm not going to be that guy. Uh, I'll be that guy for you. I'm okay. send him a note. Really? Just, I'm gonna unfollow him on your behalf, and I'm gonna say, "Hey, uh, Josh, unfollowed you in support of my my co-host and friend John Audius, who you really? don't follow on the Twitter." Oh man, that'd be awesome. And I've I've now. tweeted at him before. You, you, it's not like you talk. I'm gonna do that. Okay. All right. Well, you go ahead and and, and do that. Um, I forgot even what I was I was going to say. Uh, well, uh, two things. Initially, you were gonna say you're gonna hate me, but that was before you got on to something else. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well. Um. Yeah, okay, let's go to that then. I did tweet at Boston Mike. Oh, boy. <laughs> About Deflategate. I don't even know if he's on Twitter anymore. I haven't heard from the guy in, like, forever. Uh, good for him. Maybe he deleted Twitter off his phone or something like that. But, you know, he's a big uh, New England Patriots guy, so I asked him, hey, what, what what are we missing here on Deflategate? So we can get the the fan's perspective on it. But well, Like he's a fan. <laughs> what, what is he? What would you mean? Well, he's, he's exactly a, what he's... Def- he's uh, well, he, he is. He, he's a fanatic. Fanatic, which is a little different in your opinion. To a fan, but I was, and then we got into Girl Scout cookies because you brought up my daughter who was out here selling at iHeartMedia and, you know, selling the uh, Girl Scout cookies. And Armin was tweeting about it today from 97.3 The Game. We need to do like a, and maybe we shouldn't do it because it's so obvious, like best Girl Scout cookie. Like what's the best Girl Scout cookie? Because I think I know what would win, but they did like a Girl Scout cookie draft. And Armin's Girl Scout cookie draft team is by far the best of uh, the best combination of cookies. Oh, it might be. I, listen, I don't even know. I didn't even know what I bought yesterday. You don't? No, I mean, I took them home and, and ate some of them. Um, but I don't know. 
like don't I don't like thin mints. And so I that's still, that's I still what would bought win. some. That's what would win. They'd be number one on everybody's, right? Everybody's. Yeah. For sure. But I'm not a mint. I don't like mint juleps. Um, you know what I, is there mint in Mojitos? a mojito? Yeah. I like that. I, just, I like, maybe it's I, like chocolate uh, and the mint. I like spearmint gum from Wrigley's. You don't like Andy's mints? No, I'm not a mint, like mint chocolate chip ice cream, or if it's at Culver's, I'm not a mint chocolate chip guy. No, neither am I. Yeah, or a, doesn't uh, McDonald's do a mint something? Oh, uh, they do a shamrock shake. That's minty, right? That's got mint. I don't, I don't get that. I don't like um, that either. I buy the mint, like so I bought mint yesterday, uh, the thin mints, but I won't eat them. No. Kari will eat them. Jackson will eat them. Um, yeah, other. Well, the underrated one, by the way, Girl Scout cookie, I would say from testing these out lemonades really underrated i don't think it gets the love it should get but that's beside the point anyway sorry sorry to take us off course for a little bit back to you mike okay so i just sent um to um on air josh just posted right now hey on air josh and josh works um with 97.3 the game in milwaukee on zabin show and does some work on drew and kb as well doesn't he um sometimes uh, I said, hey, on air, Josh, I'm officially unfollowing you on the Twitter. This is in support of my longtime friend and co-host at John Audius Radio, as you don't follow him on Twitter. Hashtag now you know. Wow. So I'm going to like that. I'm going to like that. Now I, I, I'm You really get unfollow? I'm yep. not unfollowing he's got him. Seven, he's got 785 followers. Now he has 784. Let me refresh his Twitter account. Boom. 784. Done. All right. Now, okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Will I see his reply since I don't follow him? Uh, yeah, you'll still see his reply unless he mutes you. Ooh, Ar- <laughs> oh, yeah. Armin's, Armin's got it. He's going to sit back and eat some popcorn as this fight gets underway. <laughs> I got to reply to that tweet now. We should have a radio segment where we uh, Just tweet reply on Just reply to tweets. All right. Um, so I want to update the Twitter poll question, which um, Honor Josh can vote on because he follows me. At least he does right now. Uh, the NFL looking to make changes. Three exhibition games, 17 regular season games, 14 playoff teams. That's up to from what it is now. What's your reaction to the proposed changes? Do you love it? Do you, eh, I don't care. Do you hate it? Now, now this is crazy. 480 voters on this, John. Okay. Do you know what the leading vote getter is? I don't. Hate it. Hate. Hate it. Strong word. The meh, I don't care, is seven one-hundredths of a percentage point behind, and then love it is just under 25%. 
This is what I'm talking about. Has there been a clamoring for this? Who's wanted this? Where's the stampede? Where's the the protest? Listen, we're we've heard you. We've heard you, America. You've been you've been wanting this. You've been complaining for this. You've been campaigning for this. We've finally listened, and what we're offering you is a 17th game and two more playoff teams. Why? Because you asked for it. They always do things without asking or having fans ask for it. How about this? 877-729-1070. 877-729-1070. Chime in. We've got some time. We can take your phone calls. We'll get you on the radio. Because I want to know if you hate the 17, the idea of 17 games during the regular season, why? What is it about one extra game? We're not talking about like they increased the schedule by like three other games and they limited the preseason to one. It's one game. Is one game the make it or break it between love it and hate it? Like for me, if this gets implemented, and I think the uh, the 17 game thing would take until 2021, they could do the playoff thing next year. But specifically about the 17 game thing, I wouldn't like it, but I don't think it's the end of football. You know what I mean? That's why I wouldn't hate it. I don't think it's going to ruin the game. Now, will it affect some records in the record books? Yeah, it will. Um, but I don't necessarily hate it. So if you hate it, I want to know why you hate it. What are the biggest reasons why you hate 17 games and or adding another playoff team on each conference? Why you hate it? Yeah, what 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 are the biggest reasons why? Is it because you're afraid of the record books? Is it because you think that the season is going to mean less down the stretch for more teams? I just want to know for those 38%, the one that's leading the poll question, why? Because I don't, I guess I'll be okay with it. You know what I mean? Like I'll be okay with watching three wildcard games on Saturday and three on Sunday. And I think we'll all get used to it. And I don't know if it's going to devalue the NFL that much. Now, if I had my, if I had my vote, I would vote no, but I, my vote's not, they don't care what I think. Okay, they obviously then, don't care what the right, fans so think. So let's, let's look at it this way. Rank them. What's, what's the best part of this? What's what's the top part of this? More teams in the playoffs, more playoff games. All right. So what so what you like most about this is that you've added another AFC team and another NFC team to the playoffs, and the you've playoffs. taken away the bye week <clears throat> yeah. for one team because now only one team will get a first weekend bye. Yes, just the number one. So the Packers season. would have played in the opening weekend yes. this year. Yes. And I'm trying to think who they would have played. Well, these are they don't they don't get to pick their own team, right? <laughs> they don't get to pick their opponent. They don't do that. It's not like <laughs> baseball. <laughs> um, all right, so I'm just looking at I'm calling up the records from this last year as the number two seed. The Packers would have played the number um, seven seed, right? And the seven seed this year in the NFC would have been the as we do this in real time, would have been the Chicago Bears or Dallas Cowboys? No, it would have been the L.A. Rams. Rams so Green, yeah, Bay would have, yeah. Green Bay would have hosted the Los Angeles Rams in a wild card game either Saturday or Sunday in Lambeau Field in the opening weekend of the playoffs. All right, so I think that's what we like the most is that there is another game played on that opening wild card weekend. One more team is in. So, again, we like... The uh, that part the most out of this, the second most is we probably like one less exhibition game. But 
here's the deal. You knew that they wouldn't give money back. So, in other words, what they've done is they take away the exhibition game and the NFL said, hey, we're gonna, we need to grab money out of this, so we're going to add a 17th regular season game. That's my least favorite part of the three-tiered implementation is I, I don't mind the extra playoff game. I think there are going to be times when you're going, oh, they're in the playoffs. They... All right, but I don't mind the extra playoff game because we love playoffs. I really kind of li- like maybe the most that there's one fewer exhibition game. The 17th week of the regular season, which is 18 weeks, by the way, everybody gets a buy. Um, I, that's the part I like the least. Like, I'm not clamoring for a 17th regular season game. Yeah, I think we got to differentiate. There's two different things we're talking about, playoffs and 17 games. And Chris chimes in at John Audius Radio. You can also tweet at us at Heller Sports. You can tweet at John Audius Radio, at Mike Heller Show. He says it's because the best players will be made to risk their bodies for the 17th game to attempt to get in. Also, all the money is going to the owners and the top 2% of players, not the whole league, need guaranteed contracts first. So it's kind of a, a player safety and a player money issue with Chris. But they're, they're, I mean, they're going to, I would assume, they are going to get more money. Correct? Well, yeah. I mean, that's that's the, the deal. contracts will be. Remember, a we talked bit more. about this. Is that the 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 owner to player split in the NFL current CBA is fifty three to forty seven percent. So the other part of the behind the scenes negotiation is to try and tighten that gap. What it ought to be now, <laughs> unions will tell you it ought to be fifty fifty, or maybe that the players ought to get more, the workers ought to get more. Um, those who have been entrepreneurial and own businesses will tell you that it shouldn't be 50-50, that the risk is all on their end, that they want more of the pie because they're the ones who put the financial risk out there to do this. But I don't know that we'll ever find common ground on that side of the discussion. Um, any word from On Air Josh? Have you been followed on Twitter? Are you watching your your latest Twitter followers? He's laying low right now. Yeah. Um, I'm still following him. I know you unfollowed him, and I appreciate your support. I, I still hold out hope that maybe someday he's just going to tap that follow button. Uh, Spencer tweeted in, I mean, how can you not follow John? Uh, not, a, uh, not a question mark, an exclamation. Exclamation point. Exclamation? You say it. <laughs> All right, we're going to visit with Tom Hardercourt. We're late to the window. We're visiting with Tom next. Why don't you take the break earlier? I'm this trying is to get Keller you show. break on 1070 The Game and your iHeartRadio app. Can't wait to get out there, but in lieu of being in Arizona right now, we bring in Tom Hardercourt. He's there for the extended visit all spring long. Brewers full training camp underway earlier this week. We bring in Tom Hardercourt of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel JS Online. You you write about and tweet earlier today about Avisail Garcia, and let, let's talk about him for a moment because a couple of years ago when the Brewers added Yasmani Grandal, I, I think some thought, well, what are they going to get? Well, a year ago when they added Yasmani Grandal, wondering what they would get. Um, Garcia brings some things to uh, this offense that will uh, help replace what they might lose from Moustakis and Grandal, the combination, right? That's true, and, and I'm not sure that a lot of folks might understand 
exactly what the Brewers think they're getting from Garcia. I, I think a lot of people thought it was just another signing. They don't look at it that way. Um, you know, they signed him. He was their biggest signee uh, as far as commitment over the winter. They gave him a two-year deal guaranteed for twenty million with a third-year option. And so, um, I mean, you know, look what's already happening to accommodate him. Christian Yelich is going to move to left field so that Garcia can play right because his skill set is better in right. Ryan Braun's going to move and play some first base and share some of the right field time with Garcia. I mean, they're taking the most established players on their team and moving them around them to accommodate Avisel Garcia. Don't you think that's telling us something right there? Yeah, I think so, right? I mean, listen, a lot of people looked at the departures uh, with Moustakas and Grandal, especially the value of the deals they got, and said, well, they're just not going to be able to replace those. And, and right, I mean, they didn't replace them in contract value, but I think they feel good about what they've done behind the plate and in adding Garcia as an outfielder. Yeah, I think the the way they look at it is they um, gave up. They they lost a five dollar bill, but got five hundred pennies back. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> you know, That's a good way it's not it's not all in one piece, <laughs> yeah. but they think it's going to add up to about the same. You know, and so uh, it's. They're definitely taking a group approach to baseball this year. You know, we, we've talked a lot on the show over the last couple of years about retraining ourselves, you know, to say initial outgetters instead of starters and so, so on and so on. But I think the position player group has never been more of a position player group um, than this one is. And as an example of that, you know how we've been doing our, like our position by position? Right. You know, series and Todd Rosiak and I, and we're almost to the end of it. Well, traditionally, the final piece for us has been the bench. Well, what the heck is the bench? Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> you, you know, the bench is the half of the guys that aren't playing that night, you know? Yeah, how do you determine, <laughs> right? <laughs> sort of lay that out. Um, well, like I said, like I said, the bench is the yeah. guys tonight that aren't playing. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's exactly. Um, it, That's one of the, the other, bench. yeah, one of the other guys that we that isn't getting much run or conversation, and I'm really curious to see how Miller Park suits his game. Is Narvaez behind the plate because right. we we, we right. saw for a year what Grandal did, and especially in right. the second half of the season where he just got locked in at times where it's like he is the best hitter other than Christian Yelich on the, on the team. But Narvaez, um, there's a, I mean, he profiles well into this ballpark um, too in Milwaukee. He does. Um, you know, one thing the Brewers <laughs> this and this uh, administration in particular figured out early on is left-handed power plays really well in Miller yeah, Park. Yeah. I mean, look, just look at what's happened there. You know, before, you know, I don't know what happened to Travis Shaw last year, but before that, he hit sixty-three homers in two years. Christian Yelich has turned into Babe Ruth since he showed up. Except Babe Ruth wishes he was as good as Christian Yelich. <laughs> um, you know, uh, Yasmani Grandal hit you know his all-time high for home runs, and most of them from the left side. Mike Moustakis, you know, went nuts for a couple of years, popping home runs. Left-handed hitters. You know, the ball carries so well out there. You know, it's just, uh, I'm not saying it doesn't carry to left field, but for whatever reason, it was, um, 
it, it really plays well to right, and in particular, right center. That gap just plays really short for some reason out there, which is why that car has a whole bunch of dents in it out yeah. there. And um, and, I, and and as a matter of fact, Mike, I was talking to Justin Smoke about that. Today. Justin Smoke's a switch hitter who also has more power from the left side. And I was saying, you know, had anybody talked to you prior to uh, you signing with the Brewers about how left-handed power plays in Miller Park? And he looks at me like, you know, what a dumb question. And then he goes, <laughs> yes, I have, yes, I have heard. <laughs> uh, um, a lot of people are also really interested, as am I, and I think they are as well, uh, about who's going to be an everyday third baseman. Because I mean, <laughs> right? I mean, there's a and, and I don't know. Is there an everyday guy at any position that goes back to the previous conversation, other than Kristen Yelich in left field and Lorenzo Kane when he's healthy in center? Um, but third base and, is and they, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say and maybe second base from here. Sure. But now they've put now they've put Brock Holt into that equation. Though. Yeah. So uh, yeah, well. Um, you know, um, Craig, Craig Council was saying he doesn't think more than one or two guys are going to be at the top of the scale of at bats. You know, and usually um, that's in five hundreds, and as far sure. as at bats, plate plate appearances is six hundreds. But you know, the top of the scale usually is in the five hundreds. And I wonder. So, so here's what I envision, and this is all um, supposing good health. You know, no one missing any time with good with a bad injury. I think Yelich is going to get his 600 plate appearances. And then I think Kane and Hero are going to be at a next level down a little bit. And then I think everybody else is going to be a grab bag. You know, Narvaez has a chance, you know, to get in that next level as well. You know, what's going to happen too, Mike, is at some of these timeshares, one guy's going to get smoking hot and the other guy's sure. going to sit down. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, and then, uh, by the way, Brett Anderson appears to be um, somebody that we may go to for quotes and sound bites oh, as boy, the season boy, goes on. Boy. You know, you know, you've seen the comedic style where somebody like delivers, you know, two thirds of the punchline, pauses, and then you get the last third, and it's yeah. the killer third. <laughs> That's what you get. You got to wait for Brett Anderson to complete his sentences. <laughs> <laughs> he, he had a little fun with how the A's would have communicated from Oakland. Uh, with yeah. the, with the lights going out or the sewage backing up uh, fastball or curveball. Yeah, and I think everybody who plays there can relate to that. You know, so. no <laughs> I'm not sure what the Miller, I'm not sure what the Miller Park equivalent would be. Something to do with Bernie Slide or something. Who knows? But um, yeah, he, yeah, that guy's funny. So you know, we got some uh, interesting people. Josh Lindblom's got a really dry sense of humor. We went up to him today. He said, um. Hey, we heard you're starting the Cactus Lake Opener Saturday, and he deadpan <laughs> looks at us and goes, "Yes, it's the greatest honor of my career." <laughs> it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out 
Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Oh, that's all. Isn't it, isn't it make it great though when you're working? Um, you know, I mean, it, it, it can be, nobody's going to feel sorry for it, but, but it can be kind of a grind when you're working around um, players that can have a sense of humor and, and be, uh, make it a little bit more enjoyable and that uh, slog through the, the clubhouse on a daily basis. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's very nice. And this, this has the makings of a good group. You know, there's a lot of, um, a lot of uh, new faces, Mike, but all of them have been around the block. This is not like the turnover from three years ago when all these new parts that hadn't done much were being plugged in as they tried to see who the keepers were and who weren't. These are all new faces, but they're all established players, you know. And so, um, you know, there's no guy. They didn't sign anybody over the offseason that doesn't have some kind of good track record, you know. So, um, so these guys are secure in themselves. Um, but they are funny, though. There are, there are some really funny guys in there. So, uh, yeah, I think we're going to have a good time with it. Everybody's in good spirits now. Did you see the video with Lorenzo Cain talking about Christian Yelich in the All-Star? You know, I, did, I have not. No, I haven't. Yeah. Uh, go on J, uh, go on Twitter and or go on our okay. uh, JS Online. We talked to uh, Christian Yelich about – we talked to Lorenzo Cain – about uh, Christian Yelich, you know, being with Pat Connaughton in the all in the dunk contest, yeah. and and Lowe had no idea what we were talking about. We might as well have been talking to him about the International Space Station. He's looking at us like, "What are you talking?" He goes, "Yelich was dunking. Yelich was dunking. <laughs> no, no, Lowe, he was not dunking." Do you? And then we said, "Do you think he can dunk?" Well, I think he can dunk. You know, I can dunk too. And then. Uh, Eddie Cedar's walking by and pops his head and says, Well, are you sure you can dunk? Oh, boy. And then it gets, oh, it's unbelievable. I mean, it's like Bob Euchre would be would be envious of the comedy sketch uh, that Cedar was. So check that out if you I'm get I'm doing chance. it in the but, next uh, commercial break. Yeah. That's where yeah. I'm going yeah, next. We have, so we're having some fun with these guys. Oh, Why not? Great. It's spring training. It's spring training. You know, let's have some fun, right? Yeah, and you're out there for a bit of a haul. And you, you know, here's one last thought for you, with you today. Um, you know, when we were talking, uh, there was a, a dugout club banquet in in Madison right after the on deck event. Um, and I was talking to Pat Murphy and and uh, some of the other crew that was over for that. And we asked about spring training, and he said sometimes fans get the wrong idea. Of spring training. Spring training is not really where jobs are won. Or lost. I mean, there, you, I mean, you've seen that over the years. Guys have great spring trainings. Doesn't sometimes, right? Jesus Aguilar won himself a job, but playing time is earned once the season begins. I mean, you can open somebody's eyes, but what is spring training as you see it? How do they view what spring training is? Yeah, it's getting ready for the season, getting your, for the hitters to get their strokes so they're comfortable and happy about it. Pitchers getting their work in and getting their uh, accuracy with their pitches. It, and then also not getting hurt. You know, this is a long haul. And we don't ever make it through spring training 
uh, where somebody doesn't get hurt. Don't forget, Corey Knebel blew out his elbow last spring. Yeah. He, hasn't, he hasn't pitched for him since, and Jeffers got hurt too. And so you, you try to get through. Cash is hard to get through six weeks without somebody sure going. And you got so many guys in camp, and so you just try to get there as healthy as you can and ready to play. And they're going to play a whole bunch of games. You know, you're going to play about thirty exhibition games before you ever get to the opening of the season. So, yeah, it's pace yourself. Stay healthy, get yourself in a good place, and then be ready to go on March 26th. Yeah, so all of those things you just said, now you need to follow those. Pace yourself, be healthy, and be ready to go on March the 26th. That ship has sailed for me. <laughs> I, 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 got, I don't have a very good chance on any of that. <laughs> well, very good. All right, Tom, we appreciate it. We'll visit next week. All right, you guys have a good week. Tom Hardercourt of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, JS Online. Always good stuff. Uh, I'll be out spring training, just so in case you were wondering. I'm going to be out there on uh, March the 9th through the 13th uh, with shows all afternoon long. Mike Heller show from spring training coming up the week of March 9th through the 13th. So I'm looking forward to that. I hope you are as well. Five o'clock hour is coming up next. This is the Mike Heller show on 1070 The Game and your iHeartRadio app. Send a tweet at Mike Heller Show. Now, alongside John Audius, here's Mike Heller. I think this is as interesting a result on a Twitter poll question as we've done in a while. Our Twitter poll is brought to you by ReedChrysler.com. Reed Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Beaver Dam. Let their family take care of your family. ReedChrysler.com. The NFL is looking to make changes. Three exhibition games, 17 regular season games, 14 playoff teams. That's adds, that adds two, one in each, the AFC and NFC. And it takes one team only for the bye week. That first weekend round by the two teams in the NFC, two teams in the AFC get under this plan. Only You'd only get one team that would have a bye in that opening weekend. So I asked, what's your reaction to the proposed changes? And I think the results are really interesting. We'll get to those in a moment. I think that's one of the news stories of the day, certainly from a national perspective. This is big news. I think it's bigger in this respect, that the – if they get this CBA approved, new CBA approved, they will do so a year in advance and assure 10 more years of labor peace. That's significant in the NFL, where the owners and the players have not seen eye to eye on just about anything. But to get a CBA put to bed a year in advance of its expiration is, I don't know if it's unprecedented, it's just not very common. Usually negotiations go to the 11th hour, which on a, uh, on a military clock, it wouldn't it be the 23rd hour. You know, you just before yeah, midnight. I mean, the 11th 100. hour is like 11 a.m. I mean, are, are, really, are negotiations settled at that 11th hour? No. Usually not. I mean, deadline is sometime later. Anyway. Uh, it's true. You're right. I got sidetracked. No, that's fine. But I'm sure that there's a reason that you have an 11th hour decision on 
negotiations. Just don't know how it relates. Uh, welcome into the show. This is the Mike Heller Show. I'm Mike. That guy, the other voice you hear, his name is John Audius. Hey, John. Hey, fellas. What's up? Here's what's trending. Trending sports news. What's going on is it's back to work for the Milwaukee Bucks, Mike. Following the All-Star game, the Bucks will play their first contest it's against the Detroit Pistons. Milwaukee is a league-best 46-8. and eight. The Pistons come in with, what, 19 wins, 19-38. and 38. So what did all the players do during the break? Here's Dante DiVincenzo. More so just kind of going home, kind of regenerating, coming back fresh. Um, kind of took a couple of days away from basketball, and it, and it helped me. I came in. Uh, I was just happy to be here today, and it was it was a good day. What do you think in second half of the season here? For, well, it's not really second half, but how many games are left? You do uh, the math. 28? Like 28. 28 games left. Yeah. What are you thinking here, the second half of the season for the Bucks? What are you looking forward to? Um, I'm looking forward to Saturday night against Philadelphia. I okay. look forward to next Tuesday. I think it's next Tuesday against Toronto. Um, I, I've, I've talked about this a lot. I've got – so the, in the next eight games, Sean – those are the two I'm looking forward to. The other six, eh, meh, mm. yeah, mm. right. I mean, which is such a good problem to have when your team is as good as the Bucks have been, the best record in the NBA by far, the best record in the Eastern Conference. You can have that kind of attitude. Their lead in the Eastern Conference is six and one half games over the nearest competitor, Toronto. But, you know, they get a game against Philadelphia, the five seed. They get a game against Toronto, the two seed, in the next week. I'll pay attention to those. The other six of the first eight out of the All-Star break, yeah, I don't care. I just hope Giannis can finish against some of these teams. Oh, stop it. Can't. We you probably not, should freak hey, out hey, hey, before hey, the postseason hey. even starts. Okay, so let's uh, – I'm not – Don't you're trying to get me to bite. I'm fishing. You're fishing. And listen, I, I'm going to go right by that uh, fake crankbait lure you got going. I'm, hey, the Raptors did it. Yeah, they did it. That's a fact. I don't need they that. They did it. I'm not a hungry fish right so now. So if you still want to ask that question, I think it's a legitimate question based on I'm the not numbers. Biting. Based on solely the numbers you saw I'm in the I'm not postseason. biting. There's that fish. You know, if the fish could come up to the surface and look you at the eye, in the eye, at boat level, he would say, hey, dude, I'm not biting. Video alert. Did you uh, see this video recently of, I don't know how old it is. It might be an old video, but it's just making the rounds again. There's a hole in the ground. It's kind of filled with water. You know what I'm talking about? No. The guy puts toothpaste in the hole. And what else does he put in the hole? Hold on, let me look this up. Toothpaste. I'm so lost on this right now. Um, and I don't know what you're talking about. And and uh, Mentos toothpaste. Oh, and eggs. Eggs. He cracks eggs. He puts it in the hole. And all of a sudden, there are all these like fish coming up to the surface of this hole. He's putting his hand in and picking out fish. Is that real or fake? Is that set up? What's going on there? I haven't there? seen it yet, but just the way you described it, it is as fake as but fake can be. But how do you fake be. fish getting into a hole? Unless you really had an elaborate setup, and in your mind you're like, hey, how about if we put eggs and toothpaste in a hole, and then we put these fish over here? It'll be a great setup. Like, what makes you think of eggs, toothpaste, and fish? I think it was, I think it was catching catfish. Go Video alert. Go look that up and tell me what is going on there, Mike. And remind me how I even got there. Uh, it's almost time for exhibition baseball for the Brewers. They kick off the Cactus League slate Saturday against the Rangers and catch that on 1310 WIBA. Craig Council says Christian Yelich will not play the first week of spring coming off of a broken kneecap. 
Meanwhile, we just had our Brewers insider on, Tom Hondercourt of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. He kind of talked about, Mike, how the Brewers are taking a group approach to baseball this year. What what does he mean when he talks about a group approach for the Brewers this season? And and what do you think of how that's going to play out? Well, he's talking about Avisail Garcia, who is going to be the uh, the daily right fielder most days. He's talking about Omar Narvaez, their uh, everyday catcher. Talking about uh, Keston Hira and Luis Urias. He's talking about Jed Yurko and Ryan Healy. He's talking about Justin Smoke and Ryan Braun and Lorenzo Cain and Kristen Yelich. Those are the guys who, I mean, it's a Only group. one guy who's going to get the majority of everything. It's Christian Yelich, right? Yelich is going to be pretty much everyday left Every fielder day. as long as uh, health holds up there. Kane's going to be your most day center fielder. Here is going to be your most day second baseman, although, yeah, I mean, he's going to be your most day second baseman. So instead of having bigger name guys like Moustakis, Grandal, yeah, you're the, the have, one guy they have yelled, they're going to give him as many as bats as he possibly can. Yeah, And, and the rest, it's going to be kind of a But Tom did tiers. say that it is, with Avisail Garcia, their right fielder, that what you could get from him could be pretty, uh, it might be something special. Um, and they, they also really like Omar Narvaez, the catcher. But then you're going to have a bronze smoke split at first base. I think you're going to get a pretty wide split. At third base, Brock Holt is going to be there. Sogard's going to be there. Yurko, Healy, there's going to be a combination. But I think they like what they are what they plan on getting from Garcia and Narvaez, which offensively I think are going to be the two guys that will step in and look to do the replacement offensive numbers for Grandal and Moustakis. Okay. And, you know, what you do get this year that you didn't have last year is from the beginning to the end, uh, knock on wood, you get – you get production from Keston Hira, who's been through the ropes now a time, and he's going to be an everyday guy the whole time. Uh, I think this has been pretty consistent. You know what I equate um, Garcia and Narvaez to? And for that matter, Smoke? That is um, the Brooke and Robin Lopez signings. Mm. It's the Wes Matthews signing. Mm. It's the guys that... Nobody in the NBA the, the, who covered the stuff really paid a whole lot of attention to when the Brewers signed Brooke Lopez. Then they signed the next year Robin Lopez, and they signed Wes Matthews. And they made those moves when they got George Hill. It was like they were nothing moves, right? Essentially non-splash moves. I think Garcia and Narvaez and now Holt are non-splash moves that will produce. That's the way they view it. I think, you know, the track record for or David Stern's been pretty good. I thought the Narvaez thing too. Like when that 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 happened in man, it was was it late November, December, early, early December, December, late November. Okay. And I thought like when you looked at his numbers, oh, they were profiles. very very comparable. He profiles really good into this ballpark. Right, All right? what he did in L.A. as is kind of split in time. Uh, that's not a hitter's ballpark, but boy, did he he felt good in Milwaukee. And by the way, he goes to his place. Um, that that I think will be interesting to watch w- what he does on his exit out of Milwaukee. He did the right thing. He he bet on himself a year ago by coming to Milwaukee, mm-hmm. and now he got paid. Mustak has bet on himself two years in Milwaukee, two one year deals, and now he got paid. That's yeah. the way to do it. And so the thing I liked about that signing. Uh, all right, so just take a look at batting average on base and OPS. Right. So f- I'll tell you the two numbers. You tell me who I'm talking about. 
246 batting average, 380 on base. What eight, is this career? Eight four. This is last year. Okay, just last year. Sorry. Uh, 246 batting average, 380 on base, 848 OPS compared to 278 batting average, 353 on base, 813 OPS. What's the OPS comparison? Just give me those. 848 two to 813. Well, the 848 lower batting average is going to be Grandal. Grandal, yeah. right? And remember the contract difference pretty, in both these two. Yeah, pretty even on the OPS. You give the advantage to Grandal, but the difference is ballpark. Right. One had 428 bats and hit 22 home runs. The other had 513 at bats and hit 28 home runs. And so more bats and a ballpark difference. Yeah, that's Grandal. So like when you look at like that signing of Navarez. I think people are going to like I do both, too. both Garcia and Narvaez offensively. You're going to like them uh, similarly, if not better at times, to what Grandal and Moustakis gave you. Not the same position for Moustakis and He's younger. Garcia. He's cheaper. He, he had 20 less games played than Grandal last year. I think that's going to play out pretty nice if healthy. Uh, I just uh, I just convinced myself that the Brewers are winning the World Series because of that signing. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm just seeing this on Twitter. <laughs> David Ortiz called the Mike uh, Fires yeah, a snitch. Come on, you want to hear a little bit of what Ortiz had to say? I'm going to play this live. This is from uh, Nessa. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Dot com. I, I, I'm mad at uh, uh, this guy, the pitcher that came out talking about it, and let me tell you why. Oh, after you make your money, after you get your ring, you decide to talk about it? Why don't you talk about it during the season when it was going on? Why, don't, why, why you didn't say, I don't want to be no part of Oh, now, so you look like a snitch. You know what I mean? Why you got to talk about it after? Why you, that's, that's my problem, you know. Why, why nobody say anything while it was going on? Hmm. You, do you hear nobody uh, jumps in? I don't know who he's doing the interview with. A bunch of reporters. He's, yeah, anybody jump in there and go, huh? Yeah, you know what I mean when he says you know what I mean? By the way, um, what's he complaining about? You can't park there. He's got smart park. <laughs> it's Boston. Yeah. Smart park. I never trusted uh, – or I didn't think Jim from The Office, John Krasinski. He's good. I don't think he's – I thought his I thought his accent sounded forced. Oh, yeah. Smart <laughs> park. Everybody's a critic. Um, I don't like what what Big Poppy says here. I think Big Poppy is a little uninformed. Fires did try to take it up the ladder. He tried to take it up the chain of command. Tried to report it again. He it just got rebuffed. Nothing happened. Mm. So Big Poppy's out of line. I think Big Poppy's wrong. But th- this is the old school idea here: is we don't talk out of school. We're not sharing our family problems. This doesn't leave the family. He took it to somebody outside the family. 
That's that view. I don't agree with that view. I understand that view because that view exists. That that guy lives. I mean, Big Poppy is representing that view. There are a lot of players, former players especially, who are hot at Mike Fires forever sharing anything outside of school. That's that's a family issue. But this is the Why first are you time taking this outside the family. First time we've heard in the last week or so. I know a former player, but a, a player talk about the other side because everybody's all piling on the Astros and now here's Ortiz not necessarily piling on the Astros but pointing out fires it's kind of kind of strange and I don't I don't blame fires whatsoever for illuminating this illuminating this (laughs) for the rest of Major League Baseball for the fans to to see because I think it's it's a good thing that we know about it uh and you should ban them for the postseason um let's see here uh, did you look up the toothpaste and eggs and fish thing? Oh, I had it. Uh, and Go then watch you know, that. we came back to from the break. So, oh, it kept playing the whole time, and I wasn't watching. I it don't anymore. even know what's going on there. I think that's. I want to say fake, but I mean, I don't know how you get fish to show up in a a hole. Well, where is this, by the way? Is this? Oh, I have in, no idea. It, well, it looks no like clue. it's in uh, Cambodia, or I mean, it looks. I don't, I don't know exactly where it is, but. This is uh, in, is that a rice paddy that they're in? So there's a hole that is, you know, it's at the water level. So, it, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I don't know the answer to this, John. Maybe Isn't that weird. I, why did we bring that up? I forgot even why I brought well, it up. Do you think that the tooth toothpaste is unnecessary? I feel like it's fake. Yeah, well, I mean, what is the? T- <laughs> I feel like it's all unnecessary. Well, maybe the eggs I could see. Maybe I should be like, hey, what's that? I want to eat it. But I don't know. It just seemed fake. If anybody it, knows about the, the the toothpaste egg fish video, doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Yeah, now I got you on it, right? Yeah, I'm I'm looking at it. It seems so. a little fake. And they're they're it's like uh it's a catfish or some type of a carp um that's coming up. Yeah. I don't know, dude. Then he's just pulling them out. With his hands. Did you just dude me? Yeah. Kind of like noodling, but not really. It is. Uh, it is kind of like noodling, but not quite. Uh, we're going to talk a little hockey with Gary Shuchuk after the bottom of the hour. I want to update this Twitter poll question again. My goodness. This is crazy to me. And I think it uh, sends a bit of a message. Like, what are you doing? I think people recognize that what the NFL is doing is uh, this is about a money grab. There's not, not a clamoring for this. Anyways, we'll update the Twitter poll question, which is brought to you by our friends at ReedChrysler.com. Take a break here. Gary Shuchuk after the bottom of the hour as the NHL season gets underway soon, right? Yeah, we're going to talk to him about who the favorites are. Make fun of that part of it. We know what's going on, Gary. Uh, But Gary Shuchuk, part of that 1990 national championship team. Yesterday, we talked to Rob Andringa. Gary Shuchuk will join us. At least that's the plan. If you'll have us just after the bottom of the hour, you're listening to the Mike Heller Show on uh, 1070, the game and the iHeart Radio app. So there are a lot of layers to the onion that is the 17th game in the National Football League. Pro Football Talk putting out a story this afternoon that under the 
If the NFL adds a 17th game to the regular season, players will get paid an extra game check, but some players won't get a full check. According to Tom Pellicero, NFL Network, players who sign their contracts based on a 16-game schedule would get an extra weekly game check. For example, a player that has a $1.7 million base salary gets $100,000 a week during the regular season, right? With one paycheck each week, including the bye week. If the NFL expands the schedule to 17 games over 18 weeks, that player would still get $100,000 a week, so his salary would automatically bump to $1.8 million. But there's a catch. There's always a catch, John. There's a catch. The extra payment would be capped at $250,000. So for any player who makes more than two fifty, a quarter of a million a week, a base salary of $4.25 million, he'd be playing for less money in the 17th game. There's some This is a this is a players association story that's fed to pro football talk. I would assume at some level, but you have to I mean, are all the contracts reworked? No, that's that's what they're going to do. If the NFL adds a 17th game, that's how they're going to do it. To me, this is just this is the player side trying to say their first little shot at like we don't want a 17th game. Here's part of the reason why. Like look at how unfair this is, right? Like it's going to be capped to 250, but I think this is just a short-term problem, right? And maybe they can figure out a way to to right that ship. But once you say that's a short-term problem because you're talking about guys who have their contracts based on a 16-game schedule, eventually all those contracts will be done with in a few years, right? Depending well, on yeah. who we're talking about, and then everyone will be based off 17 games. So they have time to, I think, fix that at some level. And to me, that just seems like propaganda. Am I wrong? Am I um, thinking too deeply? Or yeah, too, no, not I, think deeply enough, I, maybe? I think you're. I think you're. Uh, you're tackling a deep water issue in the shallow end of the pool. You see, see what we did with that, John. So let me give you an example. Let me give you an example of Devonte Adams. Devonte Adams makes twelve million dollars as his base salary. Okay, so twelve million divided by seventeen, he makes seven hundred and five thousand, almost seven hundred and six thousand dollars a week because he gets seventeen game checks in the sixteen game season. So he makes $705,000 a week. Under the current agreement, you you would cap out at 250 a week for week 17 with the 17th game. So he's like just give me play me a quarter. So he would be he would be playing for $250,000, he would be giving up $450,000 of his weekly game check. I mean, so there is there are elements but, to but, be worked out. No, well, yeah, exactly, and that's the point. As pro football, this is a nothing burger. As pro football talk, oh. well, maybe I don't know. I just I've heard people say is that. It a, what what it's what the if first were, time I've ever said that? You're not going to say it's a Jalen Burger, the running back for the Badgers. Oh, I can't wait till we get I that. All right, Jalen Burger down at the nitty. Graham Mertz to Jalen Burger. Mm. There's another touchdown burger for the Badgers. Uh, he, uh, Pro what? Football Talk writes, this will apply only to players who negotiated the contracts before the switch to a 17-game season becomes official, and the 17-game schedule likely won't begin until 2022. There's, so there's still plenty of time to straighten all this out, he writes. But for yeah. some of the league's highest-paid players, it won't sit well that they're expected to take less money. And he's right. So there is something to that, but I say there's just time to figure this out. Like he just says at the end. And this will eventually become a nothing. nothing once burger. everybody switches to 17 games, but... 
yeah, it's it's something that the NFL will have to fix between now and when this is implemented. Because because okay. if you're Devontae Adams, what are you going to be like? Oh yeah, it's cool. I'll play three quarters for free. Like that's essentially what you're asking in this. Is, right. Uh, it, it, there's no way that that happens no that way. way. Yeah. So it it will get itself worked out. It's a good problem to have. Uh, but it nonetheless is a problem. Now, would you like to make $705,000 a week, John, for 17 weeks? I would like to make that for two weeks and then disappear for a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> so $1.4 in two weeks and then just, I'll, I'll, just I'll work hide a month. out for you a You know what? Bit? I'll work a month. I'll work one month. Oh, look at you. You are such a giver. Uh, the NFL looking to make changes. We talk about this. Three exhibition games, 17 regular season games, 14 playoff teams. That is two more than now make it. What's your reaction to the proposed changes? Our Twitter poll is brought to you by ReedChrysler.com. More than 600 voters in on this. John, it is almost a dead even 37.8% for meh, I don't care. And 37.6% for hate it. A quarter of the people love it, though. Just slightly less than a quarter of the people love it. I wish you would. um, Can we we do this poll question again? But... Make two poll questions, one on 17 games and one on two playoff teams? Because this is a combined deal. Like, maybe some people are more, maybe they hate the the two playoff games more than they hate the 17 games, and so they have to vote hate it since there's two different things there to vote on. Well, I'm of the mindset is, and I get it, they're not going to give up a game somewhere along the lines. The NFL owners are not going to say, okay, you're going to take an exhibition game from away from us every other year. A home exhibition game is off our schedule every other year. So in in a 10-year window, we're going to have, I mean, you do the math on that, whatever that is. That's what stinks about the whole thing. <laughs> Is that John just ignores me? I'm not going to do the math. Huh? Once you said you in do the t- math in a on ten, that, in a ten-year window, you have 15 exhibition home games. Right now, you'd have 20. So you lose five, lose five. games in a ten-year window. So that's five gates, five concession packages, five local TV packages, local radio, and whatever. But the problem is, but the NFL, the owners are going to say, "All right, if you're going to do that, we need to get the share of an 18th week of the regular season." So the TV money that comes in for 18 consecutive weeks of regular season football right now comes in for 17. You're going to have to get us an 18th or we're not doing this. That's the owners saying it. And the players are saying, we're not putting our bodies out there for a 17th game unless we get a better revenue split and making sure that all of our rank and file are paid commensurately with the 17th game or 18th week of the season. So, I mean, there's a lot of give and take to this, but they're going to add a much bigger – the pie is going to be a lot bigger because of the new TV revenues on an 18th week and the additional TV revenues for a, an extra playoff game, which is two extra playoff games. See, this is, why sometimes, this is why sometimes I hate sports. <laughs> so it's it's about because, math and money. Because it's about money, and I understand blah, 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 money, blah, blah, blah. I get it. I get money is important, rules the world, all that junk. But the real simple solution is ah, about two preseason games. We're good. Two preseason and 16. Like, just do that. And every fan would be like, yeah, that's good. We'll do two of them, one home, one away. And the issue is the money. And once you already give them 20 total games, you got to find a combination of 20, three and 17, four and 16, two and eight, whatever that combination is. And so, as average fan guy, this is me, average fan guy talking. 
I know the solution. Just take away half the preseason, if not three of the preseason games. Take them away and then keep the 16. I like 16 games. I'm used to 16 games. Everybody's, all the records are based on 16 games. The players, player safety based on 16 games. But we can't do it. Why? We can't do it because of money. It just stinks. And then I, that's just me complaining. This is all this is. It's just me complaining about, about how we have to look at this as sports fans. Am I right? What, what would you, Pretend money's not involved. Fix the NFL. You don't do this. You don't do this. Well, so that's what stinks. It's like they're fi- they're trying to fix a problem because everybody hates exhibition games. Yeah, like we made it. We're like, hey, NFL, your exhibition sucks. And they're like, okay, we'll fix it. We'll give you three of them, but we'll add another regular well, I season. Said the, I said the same thing, John, about last week when Major League Baseball had the diversionary tactic talking about the playoff addition. Uh, again, if, if you're trying to fix baseball, that's not what you were doing <laughs> because nobody asked you to do that. That's not what you're doing. So, I don't know, man. There are a lot of things I don't understand. That's one of them. Uh, and you think there's a lot more things. By the way, I saw a tweet. I'm going to show John during the break this little Twitter video that I saw that went viral probably yesterday, the day before. And it's not about the fishing thing. Can you describe it? Um, how about I describe it when we come back? Well, we got Gary Shuchuk, too. I know, too. I know. Okay, but right. I want you to see the video, and then you can help me describe it. Because I, I assume you've seen most of these things. But I'm going to show you one that maybe you didn't see, and you're going to go, oh, my God. That's what you're going to say. That's my guess. I'm predicting your script. Okay? So we'll get to that. And Gary Shuchuk joins us. I hope he knows. Uh, That happens next. This is the Mike Heller Show. On 1070 The Game and the iHeartRadio app. So I did show John this uh, video clip, and you have seen it. It's uh, it's a lady scooting down the rock face, um, and I believe this is in – is this in Rio or near – I don't know if it's in Brazil, but she's got 1,850 feet below her, and she kind of slides down the rock face. It's a Twitter video. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to – has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. And I mean, it's just, it's just so unbelievably people do dumb things for 
for videos and pictures so they can get uh, gone viral. So 13.7 million views on this 15-second video clip, which I don't know. If and they, it's probably not even hers. It's probably somebody who it, took the video. Yeah, I, I don't know where the original source is and yeah. if there's a profit center of that. So I asked you, John, the question, would you do the same tethered for $5,000? And the tether is slacked. And when you know, I'm safe. I'm not going to die. You're not going to die because the yes. tether goes. If your if your yes, foot yeah. slips out and you begin to go, the tether um, holds you. You're not going to go. You're harnessed in that. Re- so retweet that video, by the way, so people can see just how insane this person is as she slowly creeps out towards. How would you describe the edge of it? It's not really the edge because it rounds down, kind of like the rounded part of an edge of a huge rock with a drop off that is going to kill you and uh yeah i would do that for five thousand to me if you're telling me i'm not going to die right you basically just gave okay, me okay so let's just say you free. just did it and then you you pull back you go oh yeah five thousand dollars that wasn't so hard i mean i was scared my heart was pounding but i knew i was safe and then i kind of pull the five thousand dollars back and say okay do it again we'll take the harness off and here's five million five thousand Five million. You just did it once, and that was gapped the whole time, so it didn't help you at all. Just gave you some peace of mind. Now do the exact same thing. We're going to disconnect the harness, and here's five million if you do it again. No way, man. To the exact same spot. I know I was you safe. Just I did. Know. It's generational money, John. I know. Would you? I'm Why'd just you asking you the question. I answered it. No. Okay. All right. You know who would? Who? Gary Shuchuk. Why? Dude is. Oh ridiculous Isn't afraid of anything no kidding not even snakes hi gary hi mike how you doing good gary how are you uh great thanks i'm i'm, I'm on a talk sports talk radio show but i guess i'm on some other radio show today oh no 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 we're, we're talking sports i just listen i oh. um wait sometimes uh I when just, does the nhl season start hey gary? Do you stop it john audius i told gary we wouldn't do that Sorry, never mind. I'm glad. I'm, I, I didn't know what he was starting yet. Mike texted me. He said, you want to, the season start? You want to get on and talk about it? I said, awesome. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Um, hey, uh, yesterday we talked to Rob Andringo. Can we get? Can we be serious now for yeah, a minute? Yeah. Do you mind? Yeah. Um, you guys get to come back as a crew. Now, you live here in, in Madison, but you guys get to come back um, to celebrate that 1990 national championship team that, that won the, the fifth title uh, for Wisconsin hockey in Detroit. It was one of the favorite seasons and teams I've ever covered. And I, I imagine the memories that we created for all of you and to be able to relive those, pretty special this weekend. Yeah, it's great. I mean, uh, we, we've been planning this probably for about a year now to uh, get together and, and come back and, uh, well, for me to stay here, but just, you know, come back and uh, celebrate it. It's, it's great. Uh, you know, we're going to celebrate uh, the life of uh, Coach Sauer and the guys that uh, we've uh, I've played with, and we're, we're honestly, it's, it's going to be a great weekend. We have a lot of things planned uh, within the university and ourselves, and I think that it's just it's just going to be fun to get everybody back together. Um, I was when we visited with Ringo yesterday. He said about uh, that team put together a Monday night tradition that you guys had to go out on Monday nights. How bad did they have to twist your arm to actually go to the KK or State Street Brats on Monday night? It, it was tough. It was yeah, mandatory. Right? Mm-hmm. So it was it was mandatory. And I'm just I'm just a team player. 
I just did what everybody else said to do. I just showed up. <laughs> I'm the kind of guy I am. And what a, you know what? That, that, what a giver that's what made you were. It so special. Yeah. I am. I, I gave my time from studying <laughs> and hitting the books to, to be with my teammates. And that's the kind of guy I am. Well, that that team, um, you know, we had a little fun with, with that conversation, obviously, but that team found itself, and I know that uh, Ringo talked yesterday about um, – there was a players-only meeting, you know, um, because you guys had taken a trip, I think, to maybe Duluth and St. Cloud, and it just wasn't very good, and uh, and something flipped because you guys were so talented. And when that uh, when that switch flipped, you guys were great, right? I mean, I think you lost maybe one more game or something like that the rest of the way. Yeah, we went on like an eighteen in one. Uh... Uh, stretch there. It was crazy. We, I remember we played up in, actually it was Northern Michigan and we okay. played and uh, I actually got kicked out <laughs> for butt ending, believe what? it or not. What? Yeah, believe it or not. Clean, and then, uh, clean Sean, your act up a little bit. Well, the, it, it, the funny thing was, it was an ex-teammate yeah, of mine from junior hockey in Canada and then honestly, I didn't even touch him. He just dove. And the ref <laughs> called me. I got a five-minute major. got kicked out. Uh, they, Northern Michigan scored one. So we came back, we scored a shorthanded goal, but then Sean Hill scored in overtime and that kind of catapulted us the rest of the way. We just like, we can do it. And Northern Michigan at the time was a really good team. You know, they're in the, in the NCAA finals a couple, you know, a couple of years. So they're, they're a really veteran team. So we beat them. And then that kind of sparked us to move forward. And it was, it was incredible run we, we had. We just, we got to the point where we knew we were going to win games and just, uh, we kind of felt off everybody. We had four lines, and just everybody contributed. It was just like we knew at that time we had something special going on here, and we set our mind to, to, to win the whole thing. You know, you you guys, uh, uh, it's a very tight group, and uh, you have stayed uh, close together, whether you have stayed in Madison or left. I mean, that group comes together. Uh, you were uh, all of you, or most all of you, are back together um, for Jeff Sauer when we lost him. Uh, you've rallied around Rob Andringa and his fight uh, against cancer. I mean, it's a tight group, Gary, and we, we talk about this, that those championship teams many times are that, but you can't create it. It has to happen organically, um, and, and you lived it, right? I mean, that's that's part of what made that team that way. Yeah, absolutely. I've, I've been on other championship teams where the guys were, were just as close. You know, we, we won a championship because we are talented, and we got some breaks. But th- this team, it, it, it was a special bond from day one. I, it was an amazing group that, like you said, now with things that happened with, with Coach Sauer, now what's going on with, with Ringo, it's, it's brought us even tighter. Uh, I think that we, we've now, we don't take our friendship for granted. Uh, I think that we, we talk to each other more on the phone, not just by text. We give each other a call. We're going, uh, we check up on each other's parents. You know, it's it's just an amazing thing. Like I just, you know, I I just had a birthday, and uh, Rob's mom and dad sent me a text. It was just, it was a great, great uh, experience from from the parents getting to know each other, and us 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 as players. Like I said, it's it's been over thirty years of friendship, and you know, we still crack jokes, we still talk about things. But now, you know, like I said, I think when when things happened with Rob, things got kind of real, and we knew that. Uh, you know, we can't take this friendship and what we have for granted. So we we really kind of bond out and you know you know care about each other and make sure check up on everybody, make sure we're all doing well. And that's why this this weekend was very special that uh, as many guys can come back and celebrate and you know we we'll all go out and have fun. But uh, you know, kind of uh, 
to show that we're all, what we're all about and what it meant to be a, a Wisconsin Badger, but a friendship that we've, we've, we've made over the 30 years and has grown so much stronger. I talked about this uh, yesterday when Ringo was on the show, Gary, but, um, and by the way, we're visiting with Gary Shuchuk. He joins us on the Mike Heller Show, former NHL player and uh, 1990 national champion for Wisconsin hockey. That was the fifth national title won uh, in Detroit. But I talked about this yesterday with Rob, and, and you can speak to it because you, you're, you're living it as, as a close friend. But the way he and Christy have handled this is really inspiring. I think it's changed all of us who are friends with that group, with, certainly with Rob and Christy. Our lives have been changed by the way they've gone about this process. They're not, they're not, letting, no, they're not letting it uh, knock them down. I mean, Rob's living his life to the fullest, and I think that's, that's just something that he kind of told us to do. I mean, he goes, I'm not going to let this, this bring me down. I'm not going to let cancer beat me. I'm just going to live. And I think that, uh, you know, for some people, it's like, oh, Rob, pull back on the reins a bit. You know, maybe you got to start taking care of yourself or slow down a bit. And Rob goes, why? Like, if, if you mean, yeah. I have this. I'm, I'm not going to let it defy who I am. And I, when you hear a friend and, and someone that you know very well say this, you're going to go, well, shit, if, he, if he's fighting something like that, I can do more to my life to help out as well. And I think he just gave motivation to all of us. I mean, uh, from Christie's post talking about what's going on with uh, Rob, how he, how he, how he's battling the chemo and stuff. He's not going to mention that. He's not going to talk about yeah. the struggles and stuff. But when you read that and you see Rob, you, you know, you just got to give him a hug and go, man, you know, I, I don't know what you're going through, but you know what? I'm there for you and I love you. And I yeah. think that's, that's kind of been, uh, our message as a group, but, uh, he's, he's just been amazing how he's just been, he's living life and it's been, Something that uh, I, I'm, I'm taking with me every day because I, I'm seeing my one of, one of my close friends fighting for his life, and he's and he's living to a fullest. And I'm, gonna, I'm not going to pout him out if things yeah. aren't going my way. I'm just going to keep going. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, that's that's been part of that entire process and something to admire in the way that uh, they've gone about this. All right, so you had a birthday two days ago. I, I can't remember. It's I got older, so ago. the mind's kind of right. gone. Yep, yep. Yeah. And, and so I'm just curious, um, because at some, you know, hopefully in, uh, I'll get there. Uh, turning 60, how has that affected you? How are you different? Um, what is... A little grayer, a little grayer, a little grayer. That's about it. <laughs> you give me nothing on the 60. That's too bad. Dude, who's 60? Open a little something. Nothing. He John, shares if a... I find you, seriously. <laughs> he shares a birthday with Michael Jordan. Which is yeah. you know one of Gary's childhood idols because he always wanted to to be able to hoop like MJ. Uh, instead, he he got stuck on the ice. Could any of you hockey guys well, ever dunk? I'm a small white. Well, if, they, if when the board's down to seven feet, I can. <laughs> okay, <laughs> absolutely. All right. So yep. and 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 then finally, um, how do you train for a week like this? Because I mean, this reunion tour that comes in with these boys this weekend. Um, I mean, can you do you sleep a little longer? Or have you had like a, a beer at noon just to get ready this week uh, daily to ramp up the intake? I mean, how do you handle it? Do you abstain? What, believe, what's the believe, deal? Yeah. Believe it or not, it's just it's just like working out. I've slowly been building up my tolerance. <laughs> you know, just uh, I'm kind of get in my own room, make pour it a little drink, yep. throw it down. Right. You know. And I'm starting to learn how to, you know, rip my T-shirts a little bit because I'll, I'll <laughs> Sags is going to be in town to be going that oh, way. Just, boy. Uh, I go on YouTube learning some of the new dance moves uh, when we go down <laughs> the sure. club. So I'm just, just, just doing a lot of motivational speaking yeah. and, and just, uh, you know, yeah. just, I mean, I'm, into, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. Oh, man. 
Hey, can what I ask? I'm just waiting for the call. What a crew! So. I know it's the anniversary yeah. of 1990, but it's also the anniversary of 1980 for the U.S. Olympic. Gary's Canadian. I I know. So my question is: Was that a big deal in Canada too? <laughs> I don't think you know, so. It's funny you say that because actually uh, I was talking to my brother about that, and uh, the biggest thing was it was a disappointment that that because Canada was fortunate well during the Olympics, and they, and they just they faltered so bad, and. It was like, who are you going to cheer for? We weren't going to cheer for the Russians. We weren't going to cheer for the Czechs. You know, we didn't like the Scandinavian countries. So the only thing we had to do was cheer for the U.S. And it was probably the hardest thing for my, my parents and my aunts and uncles to cheer for the, the Americans, but they did. And they, they, uh, my brother said they actually were, were, were clapping and cheering at my, my aunt's house when, when the game was going, you know, broadcast, and I think it was taped delayed or something in Canada. But... You know, they're cheering for it, but they're more upset that Canada got lost. It was like, now who do we cheer for? Well, we're going to cheer for the U.S. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, and we, it, still, it's, we still it's, cheer. It's, it's crazy. And then you, you've obviously spent a, a lot of time around the, the Mark Johnson and, and family and, and uh, Gary Souter while he was with us. Um, you know, they're, from a U.S. perspective, uh, to me, it's the greatest sporting event, um, you know, in my lifetime and, and probably ever on U.S. soil. Um, if you could go back to one, you go back to it. Do you have one for um, that you do the same thing uh, growing up in Canada, where you would say, hey, if I could go back to one sporting event, one individual game that I, you could be at attendance at, is there one? Do you have one? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Actually, it was eight years before then, and I remember this. It was actually the 1972 uh, Summit Series between Canada and Russia, oh, and yeah. I remember, I remember Players Day. I remember. When the Canadians are playing the Russians over here, and they lost, they, they lost their four games. They're going back to Russia, and still us Mazitos on on TV, basically crying, going, "Why are the Canadian fans so mean?" We're trying out there. I mean, you know, I'm I'm like, geez, yeah, right, five or six years old, and I remember, I remember seeing that. So it would, it would have been the the seventy two Summit Series for yeah. for me personally, and yeah. I was young, but I remember I being in the front row of my my parents' TV watching it. That's fantastic. Hey, Gary Shuchuk, it's good to talk to you. Happy birthday, belated. Um, Thanks, buddy. You know, I love Thanks, you. And, I and, and, and this whole, whole crew that comes in, uh, this is the favorite team I've ever covered. Uh, and, and most of them, a lot of them are friends. Uh, Gary is, is front and center in that group. Congratulations. I uh, hope you have a, a blast all weekend long with this with this crew. And uh, thanks for being a friend and being part of the show uh, for a long time. Well, that's that means a lot, and I guarantee you'll be seeing some pictures. We'll keep it private. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> well, There'll be some good ones. I'm sure there right. are. Thank you, Gary. Gary Shuchuk, he was on that 1990 national championship team, won a title, uh, played in Detroit. Uh, such good stuff. Such a good group. Um, We've got a Gary Shuchuk hockey card in the studio. We do. He's right there yeah. right in the corner there. Yeah. I see it. Keep it up. Yeah. Always look at it. Rub uh, it for good luck. Good stuff. Ringo yesterday, Gary Shuchuk today. Man. Good to, we, and we played the Mark Johnson interview from. The, we got to play that again. Tomorrow. I watched the documentary last night, the HBO documentary. Kari and I watched it. It's it's just an hour long. I think there's there 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 are better ways about. It's really good, but it's only an hour. I, like I didn't want it to be done. No, that should be like a seven part thing, an oh. hour each, right? Or yeah. five. And Nothing. I cried. Kari looks over at me like, "You're crying." It's forty years yeah. ago. Yeah, yeah well, I am. Okay. I am. Fine. Yeah, I think it's funny to know what the Canadians <laughs> thought about it. Like, yeah, who do we cheer oh, yeah. for? I guess the Americans. Right. Uh, back in tomorrow. Are you going to come in tomorrow? Yeah, I guess I'll be here. All right.
natural gas laws and stuff like that. Ideal gas laws. Ideal gas laws. Look it up. Deflators and all that kind of stuff. All right. uh, Hope you have a great Thursday night. Buck's back in action. We'll talk to you tomorrow on The Mike Heller Show. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.